What's up, pals? Welcome back. This is day two of the Super Nerd Awards, episode 44 of Super Nerd Pals. I'm Stan Gadurski. My my dude on the left over here. And Garisquillo. Chris Sampson. Hey yo. See, I, I never know what to do with you. Like I sometimes I say your name, sometimes I let you say your name, sometimes I say your name, you say hello. I don't have a set like repertoire with you. <laughs> I never know what to do with it. It's like Chris is easy because he's like he's in the closet, so I can just be like Chris Sampson and he'll say like hello. <laughs> hello from the closet. <laughs> yeah, but you were just like, took a nap. You're like right you're right next to me, so it's it, it feels a little weirder for me to like I don't know. Whatever. Forget it. Anyway. Anyway. So, day two, Super Nerd Awards. Day one, we covered best moment, anime of the year, movie of the year, TV of the year, comic of the year. And uh, the winners were... That was dumb. Why did I say that and not tell you what the winners were? Let me do that again. (laughs) Best moment, 2015. Opening sequence, Metal Gear Solid Five. Anime of the year, One Punch Man. Movie of the year, Mad Max Fury Road. TV of the year, Daredevil, and comic of the year, we are Robin. And today, day two, we're going to get down to the nitty gritty. We got best old game, best new character, the hot mess award, and the main event, which you all came to hear probably. I'm guessing. I don't know why you're listening. Uh, <laughs> game of the year 2015 at the Super Nerd Awards. So you guys want to... Start, you know, roll up your sleeves, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, crack your knuckles, drop your weighted clothing. Man, I got, I got a short sleeve shirt. Just drop those, okay. like take take off the mantle and the and and the fucking hat if you're Piccolo. I feel like this is gonna be an anime where, uh, where the less clothes I wear, the stronger I am. Totally. <laughs> One of those naked animes. I don't know about them naked animes, but. <laughs> I don't know. That's a different show. <laughs> I don't know what show you're referring to, but I don't know. I don't subscribe it's to that kill, one. Kill a kill, man. Nudist Beach. Yo, for real. Kill a kill, man. I, I feel some kind of ways. Not always good. About Not kill always. Um, all right. Let's just get into it. Best old game for 2015. We have Resident Evil HD Remake, Remaster, Remake, Remaster. That's available on the PS4 and the Xbox One and the that, PC. That will also be remade and remastered again next year. Shh. That's zero. That's a different game. Well, it comes partnered. Oh. Well, I guess you could you could buy the dual pack. I How guess that's an option. But I already have the, the remaster. I don't. All right. Uh, <laughs> Xenoblade. Is there a Chronicle in that title? Oh, uh, yeah. Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicle. Chronicle. Chronicles, plural. We, plural. We plural out those Pl- chronicles. Plural out. Chron- Xenoblade Chronicles for the 3DS, for the new 3DS, actually. For the new Does, 3DS. Doesn't work Only. on the old one. And FF7, uh, <laughs> or as we <laughs> lovingly refer to it as Final Fantasy VII, the, uh, specifically the PC port See, that this came is, on the, this. Uh, the, the PS4 port. The PS4 port of the <laughs> PC Steam version. So this, that, uh, that little way of introducing it was Stan's one and only time in this podcast of him practicing for his Spanish final. siete. <laughs> Put it to good use, man. That's my limited knowledge. All right, so let's get right to it. Uh, 
Oh wait, uh, Stan, what was what consoles the Resident Evil one at HD Remaster? Is that Vita or PS4? Oh, I wish it was on Vita. Fuck shit, man, you made me sad. It's on. Oh, it's sorry. on PS4, Xbox One, and PC Steam. Wait, why is it on Vita? That's weird. Yeah, I don't know. You v- know what is on Vita though? PS2 San Andreas. Is it on Vita? Hell yeah! Oh, play that on Vita? All of them are playable on Vita. Are you fucking? I almost um, took your head off. I'm with so the, fucking serious. With the post-it notes, I found it out last night when I was like scrolling through the games. It says all playable on Vita. I have to corroborate that information, and I, if that's true, which I'm not saying it's not, I, I believe you, but I'm I'm skeptical because they don't put a lot of cool stuff on the Vita recently. They never do. They didn't put the the FAFS7 port of Final Fantasy VII on the Vita, which was very disappointing. That was a missed opportunity. That was that was very missed opportunity. I would have loved to play that game on the go. And I, I'm, I'm stuck at home playing it. And it's like, um, I love, I actually, Final Fantasy VII, I'm, I'm be upfront, not my favorite Final Fantasy on the lower spectrum. I mean, we've already talked about mm-hmm. that before. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we talked about we covered that like last week, I think. Of, of, like my opinion. We all we talked about it with uh when Zach was on. Zach with, and then uh, like I think before that we've yeah, we've mentioned it quite a few times. All right, so, so FF, not a surprise there. FF seven not my favorite. It does some cool things. I like I kinda I do in some instances like the story. I mean like why the hell else am I playing it if it doesn't interest me in some way? You know what I'm saying? Um I like this port, especially because you have the cheats installed. The cheats make that game. Like, like for real, it's honestly, it's like having a built-in game shark for this fucker. That doesn't lock trophies. That doesn't lock trophies. And it feels great, especially when it's like, I don't have a lot of time. You know, I have very limited amount of time to devote to long RPGs. Um, if I'm going to spend time at home, sitting down, playing a video game in front of the TV, it's probably going to be Fallout. It's probably going to be Metal Gear Solid. It's going to be one of those big games. For Final Fantasy VII, though they take all the difficulty out of it. You know, it's like, you don't have to grind if you don't want to, you can speed things up considerably. If you want to just zip through it, it's, it's a great, like I have 20 minutes, I have 30 minutes, I have an hour to play and I want to zip through final fantasy seven. I, I want like no effort, just sit down, you know, like destroy some fools, get some like quick experience and like read some text and watch some scenes <laughs> unfold. And it's it's entertaining for that alone, you know. I, I you don't I don't always want the the fucking brutally difficult, you know, Fallout Four sometimes gets or Metal Gear sometimes gets and Dark Souls and Bloodborne definitely get. It's just like it's quick. You sit down. You you can modify the game to your liking, and that's what really. I wish all games had that option. Like the whole I'm busy. I don't have time, but I still want to enjoy this game. Exactly. Exactly. Because uh, I I remember my prior playthroughs of fs7 like it's you know it's slow and like the dialogue even the dialogue it comes up slow and with with my ocd like meticulous nature i had to scope search every single area i go to for like like that hidden equipment that you only get like at that point of the game or like trinkets or whatever so with the cheats that are installed in this game, you have the three times function where you run, you you just walk really fast, and you you when you sprint in the game, you're just like, you're like a bullet. You just go from one point to the other like like half a second flat. And the other cheat is for battles where you have like max health, max limit break, and it's just so awesome because I I just 
pre- you just tap X like three times, and then the battle's over. And that's really great for for grinding. I mean, personally, I like grinding, but like like Stan, like nowadays with how much comics and TV and games we have to go through, you know, that's just it's good. It's good to be able to speed through that. The thing is, is that it doesn't give you immortality in the game. You can still die if you're not careful. So it, even though you're kind of like quickly running through battles with the the boosts on, you can still get wiped out if you're not careful. If an enemy hits you too hard, or if you're if you're fighting a boss that's really higher than your level is at the time, it's because I I tried to like be like haha fuck you guys and run through the marshes and fight the Zolum. Uh, snake and it did beta which wiped my party anyway so it was like okay i have all these all these boosts on but i still got like destroyed so it's you need to pay attention and and it's good if you want to like play it's even good if you want to play the game normally as you normally would no boosts but then um it comes time to grind out a few levels you can very quickly grind out like four or five levels i went from level 15 to level 20 in like a half an hour just by putting all the boosts on and running in circles on the world map and killing everything I encountered and then running up to the Zolm and then slapping the shit out of it, you know? So it's, <laughs> it's good for that too. See, yeah. when it comes to like the slow texts, even when it comes to like games like Pokemon, the very first thing I do when I start up that game is go into the options and change the text speed to fast because I cannot take slow text speeds and that's probably why the last time I've completed Final Fantasy VII was probably when I was ten years old. <laughs> is when well, I like, so is Stan. Like he hasn't touched it for like ten years. I mean, after, I have, I have and... touched it. I have, but oh, he's touched. It. Once, once I get to a certain point, once I get to right before Aerith dies, that's where I'm just like, eh, fuck this game. At that yeah, point, got... did you have what? Did was that? Uh, no, that's just PS3. regular, regular. Oh, uh, just regular. Okay. Uh, it was on my PSP. Yeah. So were you just burnt out by then because everything took so long, or? Yeah, pretty much. I was just like, I don't got time for this shit. I could be playing BBS and grinding all that shit. Yeah. And that's well, now that you have the cheats the function, if you decide to get it, you, you exactly. Know, you might get to... That's what I'm saying. It entices me to get it. Yeah, I I stopped playing when I was like 11. Was the last time I actually tried to get, give a serious run to this game. And on the PS1, and um, I got stuck like before the end of the disc one, and I just couldn't progress, and I just had no desire to go back to it. And I, every once in a while, I'd be like, you know, maybe I should give it a second chance. Maybe I should do a run through, and it, it just—I never had an opportunity, an opportunity to. But now this is a great way to just jump in and be like, I want to zoom through this game, and I want to—I want to play it, and I want to say that I played through Final Fantasy VII. I just don't want to deal with all the bullshit in between. And I know for a fact sidebar i know for a fact that final fantasy 8 has the same kind of um treatment on steam i want a final fantasy 8 port on ps4 also because i and i want final 9 Fan- 9 has to have the same treatment too. i want 9 too but the thing is is that i already beat 9 and i i already know that i really like 9 8's the one game asshole fucking kids what the fuck is this? it's a fucking school night kids got school tomorrow not in Ridge right. Hood. It's like almost almost 11 p.m. Kids, you know, like running around. Anyway. So, what was I saying? What the fuck was I saying? Uh, that Final you Fantasy already 8. know. Yeah, that you oh, know what 9 so is. You, you want the cheats. I love 9. I don't, I don't, I would 
I would I would not say no to running through nine again, but eight is one of the only. That's 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 a lie. I haven't played most of the I haven't beaten most of the Final Fantasies, but for the PS One era, I beat uh, nine. I'm going to beat seven soon with the with the boosts. Eight is is one that I haven't played through, but I played through a lot on the PS One. Still didn't beat it, but I actually like the the story. I don't know why I like the story and the characters in eight more than I do seven. So I have more interest in playing through eight. It also looks a lot better and aged a lot better than seven. Oh, which true. which is just like true. cottage cheese which yeah cottage cheese on the street stan like i i really like when i started playing the the ps4 port the other day and i don't know if it was a combination of me not playing final fantasy like like maybe like two or three years ago but i really like it was jarring like like i don't it's weird because like they updated the polygonals of the of the, the sprites quote-unquote so it looks a lot cleaner and a lot fresher and like there's like more dimension but at the same time like the backgrounds are exact same i told you so that's what way, we were talking like, about last week yeah like yeah but i i saw thing. it with my own eyes i'm like what the hell it's like it, it looks like, like, like it was really jarring i so like it's like this is yeah. this is the crux of my argument is i think final fantasy 7 this this port of it is a great opportunity to play it if you haven't played it before i don't think it deserves game of the year uh old game of the year for that for the reason that it looks like like garbage trash yeah i mean it was it was like it, it caught like me off pizza. guard but like i mean i feel like the the best strength of the ps4 port is the fact that you have trophies and the fact that you have cheats but like, but the, I mean, so I, the thing is, is that. But I don't think that's enough to make it best game, best old game. Yeah, so that's that's another thing I want to say is that if it was actually best old game, you wouldn't want to use the boosts. You want you would want to savor the game. You know, you want to be like, oh yes, oh I remember this. Like Which, fresh, not street like, pizza. Ooh yes, give me that that whiff of that that fresh ass FF seven port. I don't feel that way. I feel like I want to get through this. I want to get quick and dirty through through Midgar and then get out. Resident Evil HD Remaster Remake, though, that's a game that I really enjoyed playing through and savoring and playing through slowly and taking my time and getting really scared, even though I know everything that's happening and I know what's coming. I still, it's still like, it feels good. And it's definitely a superior remaster to FF7, only because Final Fantasy VII is a PS1 game. There's only so much you can do. But in my opinion, the Resident Evil Remake already looked good awesome on the gamecube let's let's also not forget to mention that resident evil 1 came out before final fantasy 7 it did and but we went over that already like i know <laughs> but i'm saying like like the remasters i get that the original that ff7 is coming out like next year or before kingdom hearts 3 <laughs> 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 um uh. but as of right now, this port is like fucking amazing. The Resident Evil? Yeah, the Resident Evil. Yeah, because it's it's an it's an uprest remaster of the GameCube remake, which itself was a huge improvement over, in my opinion, an already great PS1 game. So it already got remade and then they took it a step further. They brought it to the current gens, they put a fresh ass coat of paint on it. They something that the final fantasy 7 port didn't do is they redid all the backgrounds and they touched it up and they they made that hd2 they didn't just slap grainy gamecube textures behind 
you know, up-res polygon characters. You know, they went in fucking balls deep into this game and just went through it and they they fixed the camera issues, they they changed the aspect ratio so that it would fit on modern TVs and they give they gave you an updated um control scheme so you don't have to play with tank controls you can play with with a, a modern control uh movement style they added new character skins that you could play through the game at with again and it's just overall it's just the the remake is one of my favorite games period and the remaster is hands down the best way to play that game and that's why i think it deserves best old game for this year you sir all right so xenoblade chronicles is a is a port from uh xenoblade chronicles on the wii u or on the wii and honestly the graphic like they actually kind of up the graphics on it i think it looks so much better on the 3ds than it does on the wii which is kind of crazy to say but the difficulty curve on learning that game is like fucking ridiculous and I just really love the open world. I love that you can go anywhere that you see on the map. I love that the whole land that you're like going through is a giant fucking mech you're scaling. And every the the higher you get on the mech, the the harder the enemies become. It's just a, it's so good. <laughs> I think it was a great remaster or remake or I guess port remake. I don't, I don't know what the fuck you would it's call. It's half it. of a D make. It's or it's a side make. It's a side make because it came out for the Wii, right? Yeah, it came out for the Wii. It's a side make. Half of the side make. But yeah, I I have really fun time playing it. Um, my problem with it is the the learning curve. Hmm. I'm maybe ten hours, thirty, maybe more than that. I I might be like a little bit under 20 hours into the game and I still don't fully understand the controls and last I played I was stuck on a boss <laughs> sounds like I'm just giving more reason for it not to be game <laughs> old game of the year You're, you already turned me off of the game I don't want to play it anymore <laughs> the game is fucking long yeah yeah Xenoblade Chronicles too long FF7 port does does a lot of stuff right you know, but that's stuff that, like, they had to put in there to make that game bearable. Just put them right out there. Those cheats made the game bearable. Without it, get the fuck out of here with that. And it's not on the Vita either. It's I can play the I can play the original PS1 game on the Vita. Fuck, what the hell? This is, like, 5% better, like, smoother looking. Like, they put, they put a coat of Vaseline on the graphics. That's it. <laughs> Let me play on the Vita. And they gave you a PS4 theme, which has the strengths and its weaknesses. Like it looks, it looks hot trash. It's a it's a static image of Cloud. The back of Cloud um, from the trailer, where he's like <laughs> facing away from the camera, and you can see the Buster Sword and his spiky he's playing hard to get, which armor. I don't appreciate, especially that he looks like ass. But like I, I, a really cool touch I thought was the fact that when you scroll through your menu in the PS4, it plays FS7 sound effects and also plays um, whose theme was it? It's either Eris's theme or Tifa's theme. I can't remember at the moment. But yeah, so they plays on loop, I, which I thought was a really nice touch. But I thought with to justify like the the fifteen dollar price tag, 
I mean, I didn't pay fifty dollars. I got it on sale for ten. But if you miss the sale, in order to justify like fifteen dollars, it should be both PS4 and Vita, and plus like a more dynamic theme as opposed to just like a static image. I would totally buy that shit like right now if it was uh for both. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. My recommendation is um don't don't bother with the Final Fantasy VII port. Instead, go listen to the Black Materia album by Mega Ran. That is so dope. Which is the hip-hop remix of the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack, which is a great soundtrack. That's probably the best part of the game. And it's like he raps over it, so it's awesome. Yeah, it's so so dope. And he also released... Best album of the year. New category. And what's even be- what's even better, like uh, maybe like six months later or like a year later, he remixed Black Materia oh, really? again. Yeah, so like there's like a second album, and it's so good. Shout out to Mega so Ran. Mega Ran, listen, to that fan shit. favorite. We love you. Yeah, he's awesome. But yeah, man, I'm. I don't know, man. I'm. A, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Xenoblade goes off the list first. Or actually, no, no, fuck that. FF Seven goes off the list first because. <laughs> You know what? Like that game's old. It's an yeah. old, old. I mean, like yeah, it's it, true. I mean, it's been it's been it hasn't ported aged so well. many times for like the PS2, PSN, PS3, PSN, PC, and now I mean, I guess Square is just throwing this out there to sate the fans until the remake comes out. Like I guess like 2017. It's the best way to play the game, but the game has aged really poorly by today's standards. The boosts make it more palatable if you want to get into the story but never had the ability to before. And so that's good. But the game itself and the moment-to-moment stuff isn't that good and the pacing is kind of a little over the place, I find. Um, and they don't really tell you so much where to go next, which I guess is you know a sign of the time it came out in. But you know I wouldn't know where to go unless I randomly talked to an NPC in the middle of nowhere. Some town. He says, "Oh, the guy with the black coat. He went this way." I was like, "Oh, thanks." There's no like main story pointing. You know, this is where you go next, which is just, I don't know. That's how I feel. Thoughts. As iconic as FF7 is, with how, how much mainstream appeal it is, there are other better ones. Like for me, it's always going to be FF9, like the best in the PS1 era. Yeah. So, fucking love Final Fantasy IX. Oof. You already know. So I'm guessing, like, we're leaning towards Resident Evil? Listen, what I have to say about Resident Evil is that it's scary. It plays really well. You can play it either tank controls or modern controls, and both ways are fun to play in their own respective natures. And Um, the Jill Sandwich joke is wrote back? Yes. And then you can play the entire game as Jill, and then you can go back and play it as Chris. It's Largely the same. There are a few differences, story differences, um, different scenarios, and you get you different know, weapons. It's a little harder to play as Chris than it is as Jill, and so it gives you a lot of opportunities to go back and play it in different ways. Um, then there's also all those bonus um, difficulties that they threw in for the remake. You have one tough zombie mode where you get chased by a dude covered in grenades. There's invisible zombie mode where all the enemies are invisible. There's real survival mode where all the item boxes are not linked. They're not linked, so you have to if you put an item in one box, you have to return to that same box. So it's it's got a lot of different ways that you can play it. Um, I don't know. One of my favorite games ever. 
and I, I love that I can play it on the PS4, and I don't need a GameCube to play it anymore. I could just play it right there. And I can't wait for Resident Evil Zero, but that's a different thing entirely. But yeah. I think Resident Evil got this. I, I I convinced myself that uh, Xenoblade is not the best old yeah. game of the year. All right. Stan was very excited about that. Oh, yeah. I'm a champion for, <laughs> for this game. All right. Old game. Best old game 2015 mm. Super Nerd Awards. Resident Evil HD Remake Remaster. Pew, 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 pew. Mark it. Mark it. Mark it. Write it down. Seal it with a kiss. Send it off into the into the nether. All right. Moving on. Moving on. All right. Best new character. The stipulation for this category is that the character had to make their debut officially this year. That doesn't count on promotional materials, trailers, etc. So we have three characters in this category. Um, Nick Valentine from Fallout 4. He is the synthetic detective PI. Who... You and fucking PIs, bro. Yo, I got I got a, <laughs> I got a problem. I admit it. I love detectives. Well, I, I admit it too. I love Nick Valentine. He's my favorite companion out of Fallout 4. Yeah, I don't even have any other companions. Apparently there's a trophy for getting five. I only have Nick Valentine, Cogsworth, and Dogmeat. I have nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> I've not bothered finding anybody else after Nick Valentine. It's just awesome. And he's got a cool voice. And he's like, hey, we got to go find this Eddie Valentine guy. And I got to kill him. And I'm like, yeah, we'll do it. Let's go. Let's solve he that kinda, mystery. He, his voice kind of reminds me of Schwick from uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yeah. <laughs> he just, he's got an old-timey, like, 40s noir cop kind of voice. And I, I like it. Which is like ninety percent of his appeal. I'm like, I love. Have you seen the meme that's been circling around? It's just like a supercut of all the snarky comments <laughs> yes. that he does. Yeah, he's, it's like that's awesome. He's very sar- sarcastic, and I and I think he's awesome. Next up on the list, Quiet from Metal Gear Solid Five. Yo, Quiet's the shit. She is the shit. She's a she's a total badass. She's and... like one of, well, kind of like what you said about uh, Nick. Once I got Quiet as a companion, that was it. No no other companion needed. Quiet is a badass, and she has an interesting story. Um, and then finally, Furiosa from Mad Max. Furiosa. Now, you know my opinion. She's the fucking boss, but I digress. I feel like Furiosa and Quiet would get along quite well. They're like both snipers. They're both badass. They don't know. talk much. It would be nice to see a Quiet Furiosa movie. That'd be awesome. Like a, yeah. Like a buddy cop movie. Yeah, a buddy cop movie, kind of like Thor's, awesome. but they're gonna they're gonna patrol the like fucking Afghan. <laughs> Fur- yeah. Furiosa is kind of a sharpshooter too, right? She's got yeah. like that. Yeah, shot. yeah. I could see it. Yeah, sniper buddies. There you go. Ragtagging. They killed Kennedy. That's what happened. Oh God! All right. <laughs> a little dark. But, uh, all right. This one's hard for me because I like all three characters a lot. Yeah. Yeah, all three characters are pretty fucking awesome. They are they're awesome. Can they all be just be like super friends and all win together? <laughs> um they're all so good. My problem with Quiet though is that I think her her backstory is kind of stupid. I think a lot of I love I all right. I love Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain. I think it's easily top 5 games all time for me. You know, I, I throw that like top whatever around a lot, but I really mean it. I think Metal Gear Solid Five is like Kojima's 
magnum opus. Uh, it's a shame that he didn't get to put in the cut content and the chapter three that he was supposedly going to include. But what's there is so good that I just can't. But the storyline itself with the parasites and whatnot, it's kind of ridiculous. It's it's almost reaching Nano Machines, Metal Gear Solid 4 absurdity. And the fact that Quiet is a, like a like a plant. She's she she like subsists through photosynthesis via parasites or whatever. She's like a plant. And the fact that Oh yeah, like, there's also that reason that the reason why she wears like the skippy clothing is yeah. like it has to do with that. Yeah, it's it's kind of ridiculous. It's it's stupid. It's she's dressed the way she's dressed because Kojima wanted her to dress that way. Nothing else. He wanted her boobs out, like, flapping in the wind, whatever. He wanted to give some stupid explanation as to why. It's because she needs her skin to breathe. She breathes through her skin, which is ridiculous. You can unlock full, a fully clothed costume for her, where she's just just wearing her fatigues from the beginning of the game, where she's in the XOF outfit. You can, you can unlock that, and she can wear it, and she's fine. You know? Doesn't need to be naked. That's stupid. I think her character in the game... Presently, through A to B of the storyline, is really cool. As absurd <laughs> as the plot is in Metal Gear Solid Five, and the whole like parasites thing, and, and the the language virus or whatever, the reason why Quiet is quiet is better for me than the reason why she's naked all the time. You know what I'm saying? Did yeah. You, did you beat the game? Do you know the storyline? I, I haven't beat the game fully yet, but I'm sorry, I'm spoiling it. No, nah, it's cool. No, the thing is that there's this virus that's supposed to only target people who speak a specific language, and there's different strains. So there's um, um, there's a virus for, you know, let's say the Spanish-speaking strain. So anyone who speaks Spanish contracts this disease around each other. And if you don't speak Spanish, then it doesn't affect you. So Quiet is the only person in the game who has the English strain. And so if she talks, everyone who speaks English is going to die. And that's why she's quiet. Which is fucking awesome that that she that that she's specifically quiet and everyone's attempts to like get information out of her, torture her, get her to speak, even like Ocelot, Kaz, Big Boss, all trying to get her to talk. She's willingly like subjected to all this like torture and ostracism. I'm not even gonna say that word. Ostracize. Fuck, I can't say it. Ostracization. Yeah, whatever that right <laughs> she's subjected to all that purposely because she does not want to speak because she want doesn't want anyone to die from the english strain of the virus which is is awesome and i think she's a great character but there's like all these little like nagging things in the corner her the periphery of her character that kind of bring it down for me i kind of this just... is, this is a silly go oh, on, okay. go on, go i'm on. sorry oh this is a silly question but like couldn't quiet just write down stuff in english and and like get around the parasite or like i i mean i don't know i mean i mean like i don't know this is plot hole i don't know <laughs> yeah couldn't she just like they, type on a computer if I, like... if, I, if I recall correctly i think ocelot tried to get her to write something down but she didn't for one reason or another uh, i'm not entirely sure why i don't remember i need to go back and maybe listen to that cassette tape but I feel like it's explained in some instance why she she refuses to write anything down or or what. So okay. Yeah, but, what I was gonna say is the way of recruiting her is kind of uh, stupid, mm-hmm. in my opinion. 
Like it's cool that you get you you have like the snipe off battle with her. Um, I mean, all I fucking did was call create supply drops and just dropped it on top <laughs> of her. Did that shit? Hell yeah! I had D Dog with me, so he always like snipped out where she was, and so I was I'm a, I was I always lean towards the sniper rifle in Metal Gear because it's it's easy to pick someone off from far away rather than get up close. So it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal, but but um, well, I just did it because it was funny, but. <laughs> I hate that they, like, they don't trust her to go on missions, and then, like, I don't know, I kind of just feel, like, out of nowhere. They're like, all right, cool, you can take her on missions, whatever. It's kind of just, like, uh, there's no reason. Like, they don't trust her, and then they trust her. Just, I don't know. It just kind of seemed like, like it was there for plot convenience. So before we get too deep into it, I want to just say that I, I feel like quiet is the easy drop here. And I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily expecting that, but that's, that's the way I feel like we're leaning the way we're, the way we're talking. But I'm going to give some, give out some love for Furiosa. I mean, I know we talked to her at length about her for several times over the podcast, but um, it's just amazing just how incredible of a, of a heroine she is. I mean, she's the hero of her own story because she's searching for redemption and she's the hero of the entire Fury Road story because, like, the motion of the events wouldn't have happened if it were not for her. And she's good at what she does, and she's good at everything from, like, sharpshooting to guns to hand-to-hand combat to driving. And, you know, and she's – I mean, you could – on one hand, you could say she's at a handicap, but that doesn't stop her. I mean, she, she – we're not sure if she's an amputee or she was born without her arm, but you know, she, that doesn't let her stop her. She still kicks ass. So she's like a positive role model, role model for not only females and young girls, uh, but like uh, people who, who have disabilities. Yeah. And on but, top of that, she got know. that badass arm attachment. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then nowadays you see stories all the time where, people who are born without arms you know they're they're getting prosthetic arms three printed to look like furiosa's arm which is so badass yeah, yeah. and the, the thing is that yeah i think nick valentine's a great character and i like the idea i like the whole like oh i'm a robot but i like i have the the mind of a cop or whatever i think that's cool but i feel like furiosa is a more realized character she's got she's got a she's got a story arc that gets fulfilled you know, Nick Valentine is very, it's the nature of the way Fallout's structured. You know, it's like very disjointed because it's supposed to be open-ended like that. It's not like a tight A to B story. And so personally, I feel like Furiosa wins out in that regard. Just the fact that she's, she's got a story that's told really well. She's got an arc and an A to B to arc. And her story feels more important to me. You know, Nick's is like, I'm a robot, but I, I like to help people. I'm a detective and you know, I don't know. Furios has got like the future of all these women on her back and she's a total badass for it. So how would you compare her story arc to quiet's like this has the same impact or the same quiet's just gravitas. No, I don't. Or is she, or is, she is she just like a set piece or like a secondary peripheral character? I, I think because the story is so focused on in Metal Gear Solid, it's so focused on Snake, it's so focused on um, setting up 
the events of the rest of the series bridging the gap that it's it's kind of it kind of gets lost in the, in the shuffle and definitely the way that because of the internal shit at konami presumably the game kind of like loses itself towards the end you don't i don't get the sense that her story is really complete complete even though it kind of is and you get kind of a, a send-off i still feel like it's not fully realized you know so i feel like furiosa's story is fully realized and um nick's more more realized because he does have a he does have an arc and he does have a quest that you can do for him where you learn more about his backstory etc but it's it just doesn't seem as important or as powerful as like furiosa's story to me so furiosa best character of the year I guess so, yeah. Best new character 2015, Furiosa. Imperator Furiosa. Wow, wow. Witness. All right, guys. We're getting down to the main event. We've got two categories left. Nitty gritty. We've got Hot Mess and then we've got Game of the Year. Um, Hot Mess is going to be a little bit different. Hot Mess is our biggest grievances of the year. Um, all the things that piss us off, all the, all the things that bothered us throughout the year. So this is not an award in traditional sense. Everyone on this list is a winner in their own special way of being kind of shit. So they're all garbage. This is all of us just airing our, our grievances. Um, Andy, you want to start with Fantastic Four? Man, fuck that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on this. I was so optimistic. And I'm sure you guys, if you're following from like fucking the way, way beginning of SMP times, but I was so optimistic about this movie. I was like, uh, it's going to be all right. And uh, no, fucking no. This movie's a beginning and an end with an aluminum doom. Doom is a fucking can of uh, fucking Mountain Doom. <laughs> he's mountain doom and he like i don't know man he goes from like being a hero well not really a hero but like he goes from being not a bad guy to a bad guy just for the matter of fuck it and, and i'm like what wait what what just happened oh that movie is so fucking confusing it's so bad just, <laughs> it's so bad fantastic four you're a hot mess. Chris. I am for Konami and Kojima. Yes. So the never ending drama slash shit show that is Konami's man Herculean effort to like raise the earth and salt the earth out of Kojima. Because, you know, I mean, first, where's, where's the start? I mean, you have the troubles Konami gave Kojima on the production of Metal Gear Solid and not everything that Kojima wanted in the game got into the game, at least in the vision that he wanted to. And, uh, but then you have Silent Hills Ugh. and and how Straight we will never heart. have that masterpiece that with, with not only Kojima, but with Guillermo del Toro. Norman and Reedus. Norman Reedus. Um, Norman Reedus. And um, who was the name of the manga guy? Oh my Junji God. Ito. Uh, there you go. Junji Ito. And, and PT getting pulled off the store. And PT. Well, not yet. It, we we still got like like a few more weeks for that. No, no, no. We can if you have it already, you can keep it as long as you want. No, no, no. They said it. They said it. That that whole thing that time that timer that was something else. That was a different thing. 
it's not disappearing forever. So if you oh, down if you download it already, you're good. You have it. But if you never downloaded it before or you deleted it off your system, guess what? You're fucking out of luck. If you deleted it off your system, you can't re-download it. I'm re-downloading that shit tonight. Did you did you delete it off your system? I deleted it off my you system. You can't get it back. It's done. You're you're done. That's one that's one less copy of PT in the world. Right there. I mean, I didn't even delete it off my system. I fucking I changed my hard drive. Man, fuck Konami. <laughs> and what's even worse is that, you know, eBay and other third-party sellers, they crack down on the resales of PS4s that are specifically downloaded PT. So they, they, they put a band hammer on that. So that's not a viable way of getting PT either. And then as we also uh, talked about recently... You know, we found out during uh, the Game Awards, Konami didn't allow him to accept his own reward. And that was the time in which the fans were given, like, the most concrete, quote-unquote concrete explanation of what was going on. Like, we were told that Konami lawyers were telling Kojima not to show up. I think it's probably related to his... um, his agreement where he's he's not allowed not, he's not allowed to uh, go out of his contract until the end of the year but this has a shitty move and then uh even the president of Sony he came out and said what Konami is doing to Kojima is just really bad business it's a bad model for Kojima and just for gaming in general and the thing is that they don't give a fuck cuz they're getting out of the games business you know and they're li- they're licensing all their IPs out to fucking pachinko machines and you could trace Konami's fuckery all the way back to fucking Castlevania and and how they just did nothing real good with Silent Hill. Even like know? fucking throw it to like what Konami's side shit is doing. They fucking Yu-Gi-Oh. Man, that game is so like scalpy, it's fucking crazy. And and you have things like um Silent Hill Book of Book of Shadows? Book of Memories. I think it's Book of Memories. Book of Memories for the Vita. That game was pretty good. It was an. It was actually a pretty decent one. But like Konami just almost actively didn't promote it and kind of buried it under the release of Downpour, which also came around at the same time. And that was also kind of mediocre. Mediocre. And then <laughs> mediocre. And then there was um, the Silent Hill HD collection, which was like awful. Like they screwed that those games up so bad. They removed the fog. How do you remove the fucking fog? You put in more fog, if anything. Like, now now the system can take more. Add more. It's just... Konami, you're a hot mess. Online scalpers. Online oh fucking boy. scalpers have been dogging us all year. In different instances. You got Pepsi Perfect. You have the fucking... Back to the Future, USA Today. USA you say today's you the quantum Nuka Cola, Quantum's. You've got um, near Comic Con, Comic Con tickets. You've got um, amiibos from earlier in the year, what which else? caused an amiibo heist. Yeah, the amiibo heist. What else? There's also like what Chris was saying, selling systems with the PT demo on it. Yeah, we got any other examples? Fucking it's out of control. We got all the examples. The thing is that it's just been happening consistently throughout the year in different different <clears throat> ways, different mediums. That it just the only the only instance of um, anything where I didn't feel like there was a scalper behind it, it was just like 
comic books. In general, I just felt like comic books have been like readily available. Yeah, they've been pretty well. They might sell out, but you can always go somewhere else. And I feel like good good on the comic book industry for making sure people get the books that they want. That was just an aside out of nowhere. I don't but, know <laughs> but don't worry, that's on the list later. <laughs> yeah. Um, online scalpers, this goes without saying, you are a hot mess. Batman Arkham Knight on the PC. Man, fuck that port. Man, <laughs> where do I be going this port? This shit is bad. Like, it didn't work, bro. If you think that hundred percent in the game to get perfect nightfall and that ending not satisfying you is bad, then try doing that shit on the PC because it's literally impossible. It doesn't it? It crashes. Listen, it, it was so problems. bad. It was so bad that the company that I work for sent us an email and told us to destroy every single copy of that game that we had. It's like, what do we do with this? Destroy it all. Not, cast not, it to Mordor. Not fucking send it to the warehouse. Yeah, not send it to the warehouse. Not send it back to get a fucking refund not from send the it company. For a penny. No, no, destroy it. Destroy the copies. And they put it back on the fucking Steam store or whatever. You and could, it got pulled off again. And it got pulled off again because it's garbage. What Arkham, I was saying, this game is a hot mess. Arkham Knight PC, you are a hot mess. Episode 5, Dragon Ball Super. Man, should I do that one too? This this is a hot mess for all the good reasons because it's a kind of funny. This <laughs> 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 is fucking hilarious. So if if you guys don't know, Dragon Ball Super Episode Five was the worst animated Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball anything, I think. Yeah, it's like <clears throat> the most trash, garbage, on fire I don't know animation. If, I don't know if we ever released the picture of the post-it note that you drew Batman and Superman, do you bleed? Uh, I don't know, maybe. Oh, we did. It's on Instagram. Yeah. Fucking, that's what Dragon Ball Super looked like. <laughs> Stan's drawing Beerus. Be- <laughs> drew a perfect replication of Beerus. <laughs> There's been plenty of memes where, like, they took animation cells from, like, the original Frieza arc of Dragon Ball Z, and then they compared it with the Dragon Ball Super, and, like, the DBZ Frieza art was way better than Super. And Super is, like, it's 2015. That should not happen. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of sucks because I was really into the idea of a new Dragon Ball series. And I was really hyped for Super. And then I, it turns out they're just, right now anyway, they're just retreading the movies. And they're they're expanding on it, yeah, but... Which is probably like, why they don't give a fuck about the animation. Because everyone's already probably seen the movies. But the thing is, is that it, it doesn't excuse it. You know, you can't... Oh, it doesn't excuse it. it at all. But, like, that's probably... They, they, they were fucking lazy. Like, it just... It's fucking terrible. And then there's, like... Another episode, I think it was another episode, where Vegeta just has two left hands for like for like a scene. He's got two left hands. It doesn't make any sense. And I hope that, you know what, once um, <laughs> once they get past the uh, Frieza's Revenge or whatever the fuck it's called, Resurrection F uh, arc, they put all their weight behind making the, the um, animation better. Because it's inexcusable. But as of right now, Dragon Ball Super is a hot mess. Dragon Ball Super, you are a hot mess. Chris, tell me about the live-action Attack Attack on Titan movie. Oh, boy. So, 
I was really excited for this live action movie. Like the trailers, the the marketing, uh, the marketing campaigns they were doing, they were pretty good. I was really optimistic, especially because the theater nearby me, they, they're one of the few theaters that regularly do anime screenings. So, um, yeah, this, like, before I, I was defending it, but now looking back, it's like, oh, this, this, this movie is just problematic. Because, like, I, I can excuse like an anime adaptation to film or just any adaptation from a, from like a medium, like a film or, or from a comic or, or like a book into a, the big screen to change around some plot elements to make it fit within that medium. But they just went way AWOL with creative liberty. So they, they took out like Captain Levi, which is like one of the best characters of Attack and Titan and replaced them with this really smarmy, kind of like pedophilic ranger captain guy, and it's just he was he was there. He was trying too hard to be mysterious and cool, but it just ended up him coming off as like a really big jerk. And and like they they, they just did really unnecessary things. Like you know, uh, they they inserted anime trope fan service onto the big screen in the worst worst most blatantly bad way possible and it was just so weird and it was uncomfortable and everyone in the theater when it happened they, they started groaning and saying like what the fuck to each other and and the story is not even over i mean like it's, it's been split into like the first season of titan has been split into two separate movies I mean, like the the parts that I did enjoy were like the the Titans and the CGI and like the the epic battle between like Aaron Yeager Titan and everyone else. But the I don't know, I just the Attack of Titan live action. You're a hot mess. So <laughs> so much of a hot mess. I don't think I'm gonna watch the the second part, the or the part two. Attack on Titan live action. You are a hot mess. Secret Wars delay. Secret Wars delay. God, not only did it get delayed, but it got expanded without anyone saying anything. Hardly. I didn't even realize it, and I was picking up issues. Yeah, they fucking, like, it was supposed to be an eight-issue eight series. Issue seven came out, and when I picked it up, it said seven out of nine, and I was like, the fuck? Um, so they expanded it for, like, an extra month. But this was already after they delayed it, like, Three months. Listen, if your mini event comic is supposed to usher in a reboot for the entire universe, and the entire universe reboots before you're done with your event storyline, there's a problem. And you know what? Sick Wars is, is is an interesting story, and I like it a lot. Not not enough to nominate it for comic of the year, but still a, a very interesting and fun book to read. But you know what? This delay. Marvel, your Secret War delay was a hot mess. Speaking of comics, price gouging and expensive comic books. What do you guys feel about that? Uh, $6 Dark Knight 3. Listen, $6. Stan picked, up, Stan picked up three comics for the same price that I picked up Robin Wars issue one. Yeah. It, we, this is well documented recently, in fact, with Dark Knight being six dollars, 
um, Robin War being six six bucks. Wow, six bucks for that. Well, and not only Dark Knight three six dollars, but they released a hardcover a hardcover edition of just issue one. That's like eleven dollars or twelve dollars. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Which is insane. Um, Howard the Duck one and two five dollars just because Gwenpool is in it. Every one, every number one of the new Marvel reboot has been five dollars. Granted, it's gone down with issue two, except for Howard the Duck, but still, you're raising a price because you know people are going to buy it. Then you have Superman, new power, extra buck for the comic for no reason. Um, uh, fucking Harley Quinn. Yeah, Harley Quinn's done it too. The only book that I can think of in recent memory that hasn't bumped up its price for any reason is Batgirl. And, and so and, far uh, that I know, uh, Grayson. Yeah, and um, how much is Grayson? Grayson is uh, $3.99. Okay. Um, even fucking Afterlife with Archie, it, it went up from $2.99 to $3.99 because it was getting really popular. And they're like, why not? Just charge an extra dollar for it. And, you know, it's just... It's a constant problem, and I understand it's a business, and you want to make money, and you know that it's going to do well, and people are going to buy the issue, but it's kind of shitty business practice. Expensive comics, hot mess. Get it together. Charges charges fair prices. Next. Chris, do you feel some kind of ways about this next one? Season pass? Yes. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I... Season pass. I was really excited. I was really excited for... Um, Arkham Knight, that was one of the examples we were citing for season passes. It's cool on one hand. I mean, you get, like, new skins and, like, new Batmobile stuff, but it doesn't really... You don't... We we don't have, like, expanded, like, DLC story content. Like, I understand what the Batman... Uh, the Batman season pass gives you a lot of shit. It gives you, like, the, the little Nightwing story. It gives you the little... Yeah, but those little stories are fucking... Like minuscule. legit little, like minuscule. maybe maybe thirty minute run through. But the thing is, is that the way they advertise the season pass made you seem like you're gonna get these expansions. So so yes, you're getting that. But on the other hand, it's fucking fifty dollars. It's ten dollars cheaper than what it's the game is. It's a lot of bank. That's a lot of and change. The only reason, the only reason I got the Batman Arkham Knight season pass was because I happened to catch it on sale for twenty bucks. Yeah. And it's just the thing with season passes is that you're buying them on a promise that the content's going to be good. And if it ends up disappointing you, then you just blow all this money for no reason for a bunch of content that you're not going to even experience because you didn't want to. You know, um, Star Wars Battlefront, it's got a $50 season pass. Nobody knows what the hell's on it. There's no, there's like almost no news out there what the season pass is going to contain. And it's 50 bucks. And it makes it makes you feel like I I guess they said it would be more maps and stuff, but still it's fifty dollars. You hardly know anything about it. You don't know what the maps are gonna be about. And it's just like that's the price of a game, practically. You know what I mean? And it's like the experience that you're that you're plunking down sixty bucks for is doesn't feel like the whole experience when they so advertise like now, the season pass. So now much. you're not only paying sixty dollars for a game, but you're paying that extra fifty. You're paying a total of ninety dollars for a game. Half of it, which you have no fucking clue what it is. Yeah, if it's like Battlefront, sixty bucks. Season pass is fifty bucks to get the entire experience. The game actually costs one hundred and ten dollars. You know, and it's it just sucks. Uh, um, Uncharted Four has a season pass, and they don't even know what the hell they're doing for it. You know, they have no idea. Just here's a season pass. Buy it. 
as much as I love Fallout, Fallout has a season pass, but at least it's reasonable. Reasonably yeah, it's a reasonable price. And, and the thing with and seeing what Fallout Four has done so far, I feel like I have faith in like the season yeah, pass plus, to, to do well. Honestly, Bethesda in general puts out good DLC content yeah. that feels actually very expansive and not just like here's a forty minute mission or whatever. It's just like. Fallout 3 had a really good DLC. Um, New Vegas. New Vegas is Obsidian, but still bad. But it still had some yeah, fun DLC. It had, it had a good DLC. Then you had um, uh, Skyrim. Had a good DLC. Had, had, a good, uh, had a good season pass. And did it have a season pass? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but... It had good DLC. It had really good DLC. So I, I trust Bethesda, and I trust that they're going to put out a good product. But still, you still don't know what they're putting out. You still have to buy it on promise. They could just completely shit the bed and it would be garbage and you just paid 30 bucks. You know what I mean? So, season passes. Hot mess. Number 10. Man, microtransactions. Microtransactions. I hate it when I'm playing a game, Metal Gear. And Metal Gear Solid 5. And they're, try- <laughs> and they're trying to charge me for the little things. Like forward operating bases yeah or fucking pokemon shuffle where you're given to me for free and you give me four lives a day and and fucking i have to pay for more lives or i have to pay for extra shit no no if you're gonna give me a free game give me the goddamn free game if you're gonna charge me 60 bucks for a game Fucking don't charge me for forward operating. So bases. you're an advocate for no microtransactions, period. Not, I'm, I'm okay if it's a free-to-play game and they have that as an option. But if it's um, if it's something where it's impossible to play without paying money, then it's an That's issue. what I'm saying. There are free games that are like... Like, for instance, fucking I feel this way with Pokemon Shuffle. I've been stuck on the same stage for four months now because i don't get enough life in the game to to just like remember my mistakes and like be able to like you know do my thing and i don't know i feel like the reason i'm not able to like move on in the game and like beat this fucking puzzle that i can't beat is because i'm not given enough opportunities to yeah it's Particularly garbage when it's in a game you paid full price for. You know, you already paid 60 bucks for Halo 5, for example. You gotta buy rec packs. You know, you paid money for Metal Gear Solid 5. If you want to build another forward operating base, you need um, microtransactions. Certain um, items on Metal Gear Online require microtransactions in many cases. Um, MB coins, whatever the fuck those things are. Assassin's Creed's got them, you know. I think Star Wars has them. You name a game and it's, it's a good chance that unless it's like Fallout or something like that, it's going to have some kind of microtransaction like shoehorn in there because they feel like people are going to buy it. And it sucks. And that is a hot mess. And y'all need to fix that shit. That's my uh, my thing. And Chris, you want to take it away? Yeah. So this is the last one. So uh, uh, the collective umbrella term, I guess, for this hot mess is... Uh... Older generations just hating on gaming and it's it's moved towards the mainstream. So there was two specific events. Uh, one back in April, ESPN two, particularly this year, they they've been doing more and more esport 
coverage. So for tournaments like League and Dota and Heroes of the Storm. And for this particular one, I believe it was um, a Dota 2 tournament that was being commented and live streamed on, on their channel. I remember this. And uh, one of the hosts on ESPN, his name is Colin Cowherd. Or Cowherd. Uh, he basically went on this Twitter. Uh, this, he, he right out condemned ESPN. And he said he will quit his job if he ever has to cover esports. It caused a lot of controversy. And it was just him just throwing a giant hissy fit. And a couple months later, Jimmy Kimmel basically insulted like all of YouTube and Twitch and basically the entire internet because he was saying how like he was he's incredulous as to why kids and young adults in between you know they, why would they why would anyone watch another person play a video game and he doesn't understand you know how big twitch and live streaming has gotten and and like the various reasons and motivations people do it or people watch that kind of content and uh so he, he just they they just made themselves look like people who just don't understand and people who don't take the time to figure out why this is so popular like ignorant um, ass people it, yeah so i don't know it just it just seemed like it was just like a bunch of vitriol over stuff that you you should take some time to empathize and take uh take a moment to consider how other people enjoy it so much and why and uh, i mean jimmy kimmel he sort of redeemed himself he he like uh, the next day after that his show he brought on markiplier um and i forget the other live streamer's name but they had they had they they, they live streamed together and jimmy kimmel sort of gave like a mia culpa but not really but i mean at least he made the effort but nevertheless it's a hot mess Gaming and live streaming is here to stay. And that was it. That was your hot messes of 2015. Get your shit together. All right, guys. Here we go. On to the main kahuna. You ready for this This uh, little uh, pretty right here? I think like in between the hot mess and this, I want to insert a clip from like Thunderdome. <laughs> so like that. All right. So here we go. <laughs> Game of the year 2015. Super Nerd Pals, Super Nerd Awards. This is our list. This is what we have so far. Ready? Batman Arkham Knight. Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain. Bloodborne. Soma. Mad Max. Fallout 4. Rocket League. Everyone Goes to the Rapture. Chroma Squad. Undertale. Persona 4, Dancing All Night, Guitar Hero Live, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, J-Star's Victory, Until Dawn, Star Wars Battlefront, Dragon Ball Xenoverse, Super Mario Maker, Tales from the Borderlands. Now, how many is that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 19. 19. 19. Okay, so we got 19 nominees for Game of the Air. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to go around the table. Whoever goes has to pick one item from the list to cross off, delete off the list, essentially. And the other two have to either argue for that um, deletion or against it to keep it on the list. And we're going to keep going like that until we have 
10. Once that happens, every item we delete from the list is going to be part of our top 10 list. So 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, until we get to number one, our last thing on the list, and our game of the year for 2015. You guys got that? Yep. All right. So who would like to start? Since you're hosting, I think it's only right. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. All right. You want to do that? All right. Fine. Um, geez. Let me think. Now, remember, if you pick something off the list, you need to have kind of an idea why it should get off the list. You can't just pick something out of the blue. Um, all right. Let's start strong. Black Ops 3. <laughs> going right for it. Going right for it. Black Ops 3. Because it's Call of Duty and it's Treyarch and you kind of know what to expect. You need multiplayer. You have your zombies campaign. You have your main campaign that has some kind of futuristic element to it. It's nothing new. It, it might do some cool shit. It might be really fun to play. Not saying it's a bad game. Just saying maybe not game of the year. I agree. You agree. You think it should come off the list. I do. Now, so here's the thing. Um, you can keep it on the list in the event that you think it belongs in the top 10 somewhere. So this isn't necessarily to say that it doesn't deserve the top spot, which it doesn't. I don't think it does. But if you think it belongs in the top 10 and we're not at that point yet, you can argue for it to stay on the list. Totally, totally don't think. You don't think it belongs in the top 10 period? No. Chris, you got any? Uh... I mean, like, you pretty much nailed it on the head. Like, I mean, they, especially with zombies mode, they, they, they've gone, they've gone, like, a really new and fascinating direction. Especially with like the brand new setting with the forties and how you could be like a Cthulhu monster, and the same thing with the campaign. It's like it's all super futuristic. You have like really cool guns and weaponry. Like you shoot, you can shoot robotic bees out of your arm. But like, I, still at its core, it's just it's similar enough to other Black Ops or Call, Call of Duty, Duty games general, where you know yeah. what to expect. So it's like going back to a an old friend you already know, and you, uh, I mean it's. And if you like if you like the previous Call of Duty games, you probably like this one. And Treyarch ha- has a formula, and they're sticking to it. They know what works for them. I mean, they they added some tweaks and some bells and whistles, but they haven't pushed the game into any, like a new tier. And for that reason, for that reason, I I submit that it gets taken off the list. Are we in agreement? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now, the thing is, is unlike the other um, categories, just so you know, listening at home, this doesn't go down to majority rules. This has to be a unanimous decision. Each item has to be unanimous. So until we're all convinced, we don't move forward. Black Ops 3, off the list. So that leaves us with 18. Chris, are you keeping a master list, a before list? So we have the four. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. Okay. So who wants to go next? Um, I guess I'll kick it off with, uh, <laughs> this is kind of going strong too, but Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah. Oof. Um, there's not really much holding it on. Like there's no campaign there. There is that, uh, that survival mode and the online is pretty fun, but again, it's kind of like, like Call of Duty, but with different paint. That's how I feel. 
Um, there's some cool modes like the hero versus villain mode, which is like fucking amazing. And I love playing as Vader, but I don't know, man. I feel like it can't, it can't survive on the top 10. I have to disagree with you because I feel like, yes, it doesn't have a campaign and yes, it does feel like a shooter, but on the other hand, it does the presentation so well it feels and sounds and looks like a star wars movie and they have all the right props and it's just it's really fun to play and you can just pick up and jump in and i don't i never felt like i wasn't um what's the word i never felt like i was lost like i knew exactly what was going on you know like i can just jump in and play and have a good idea and then if i want to dive deeper i can and i had i had so much fun with it and um it's not perfect and i agree that there are some things lacking i would have personally liked the campaign but it's it's covering the same material from the original trilogy so like you're basically just be playing the same the same maps just with voiceovers from the ot so i feel like it doesn't necessarily need it i would like to see an original story um in a battlefront context like the earlier games had you playing as Vader's five or 501st unit. And that was really cool playing through the campaign as a bunch of stormtroopers, like fighting droids and shit, whatever. But you know what? I, I, I can't let it go yet. I don't know, man. I, I can't feel like, let it go yet. I feel like it's one of those games that like it gets stale very fast. I don't, I don't, mm. If mm. if I I'm not very helpful right now because I, I haven't played Star Wars Battlefront. Right. Um. So I mean, I've seen footage. It's a pretty game. And it's it's insane. Like you you get to relive all the classic moments of the Star Wars original trilogy. Plus you also get that map where it takes place on Jakku or Jakku. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. How you, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. But uh, yeah. So I'm not really helpful in this regard. I guess like the the one gripe I have, I we, we touched on it before, is like the, the sixty dollar season pass, and we don't even know what's gonna be included with that yet. Yeah, but like I'm not I'm not even thinking about that. I'm thinking about the core experience that you get, and I think I feel like if it was your only game, if the, if it's the only game, if you only have one game, it's not this game because it it is going to wear thin eventually because. There is an, uh, an insane amount of depth, but my point is that it's a, it's a really great supplement and it's a great palate cleanser. And I think that in, in and of itself, the moments moment gameplay is really solid. It's a lot of fun and it looks and sounds and feels like Star Wars. And for that, I really like it. And I'm, I'm not ready to let go of it, go of it yet. We can get, we can come back to it later, but I don't think it, it, it I think it's too early to drop Star Wars Battlefront. All right. All right. Chris. Hmm. I'm going to go with uh, Guitar Hero Live. I think, like, the, the era of rhythm, of, 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 like, the rock band hero or Guitar Hero rhythm games, I think that was a powerful fad back in the day. But Forget I don't think it's, it. personally, I don't think it's, it's not much appeal to me. I mean, granted, I, I, I mean, I guess I haven't, I haven't seen, like, the roster for Guitar Hero. Uh, Guitar Hero Live specifically, so I mean, depending on, I mean, Andy, you you played? Like, do you know like, like what roster? What's the roster of music for it? Yeah, 
the the roster of is it, music is, is it, would you say is it's a, would good. you say it's like impressive or? it's pretty good uh there's there's a lot of songs that i don't like about it but what i have to disagree with you is it's not like any other guitar hero that's been out before and it's not like rock the new rock band which is just the same shit planted on a different system like guitar hero completely changed up its formula um with live you're thrown into like a live audience so every song is done by a live band looking into a live crowd and as you fuck up or do better you get different reactions from the audience it's i don't know man i feel like this as much as like rhythm games are kind of kind of not well like you know the guitar hero rock band rhythm games uh i feel like guitar hero live does a good job to hold its own um my biggest issue with guitar hero live is i kind of agree with chris in some respects whereas i it might guitar hero live might do different things and and change up the formula but it's still at its core a rhythm guitar game and it, in some in some cases in they've gone back a little bit it's no longer a band you know it's just, it's just the guitar again and then there's guitar hero tv which i'm not not so sold on because of the fact that you supposedly you can't own your own songs you have to like play the songs that are there and then you earn like tokens or something and then you can have plays of that yeah song. but honestly like guitar hero tv works so well that it's like it's a it's unnecessary to like take that as a minus more than a plus because like with guitar hero tv the roster on guitar hero tv itself is like way better than guitar hero live roster and i've played i i have a lot of hours in guitar hero tv Mm. rather the actual game itself and i don't know i feel like it doesn't like as old as like like the uh the guitar rhythm games are oh no guitar hero tv just it's the shit i'm surprised i haven't heard you talk about it on the sh- on a regular episode of the show i haven't because i don't know i don't know why because i guess because of all the other big games that came out like right around the same time kind of overshadowed it okay so the way you said it me if it's so easily overshadowed, why should it stay in the list any longer than it already is? Because I still think that there are <laughs> other things on this list that... Deserve to go first? Yeah. All right, fine. We can table it for now. But we're coming back for it. I'm coming back for it. <sighs> okay, my turn, right? Um, Persona 4 Dancing All Night can come off the list, I think. Which is kind of strange, right? Because I'm such a big Persona fan. I say that because um, it's a fun game. I, I enjoy it a lot. I enjoyed my time with it. It just, I don't know. It's not this this. It's it's a funny, silly story in some ways, and it does get kind of dark in some other ways. But it's still just them dancing and fighting shadows through dance, which is kind of kind of absurd. You know what I mean? And you know, it's not bad. But it's still it's very visual novelty, and I don't that kind of storytelling doesn't click with me so much. It it works in the actual Persona game itself, like Persona Four Gold and Persona Three, because it's supplemented with all the um, in game stuff. You know, you see the in game 
characters on the screen and they're like interacting in the actual environment and then their portraits are in front you know with this it's just straight up static images and portraits and and the portraits are talking they're moving their mouths and stuff and blinking which is kind of a little creepy but that aside it's it's not as engaging of a story as you would expect from persona and i feel the same the same problems existed in the persona 4 arena games where i was just really annoyed by the way the story unfolded this one fold unfolds better but it's still not the best and the songs are good because they're from persona 4 but they repeat so many times there's song this selection of songs and then this remake of those same songs and then another remake another remake of the same songs again so you're playing the same song at least three times in different there's also an issue that i have where uh once you start the story mode it's like literally an hour and a half before you start playing the game yeah and it's just it's on and on and i i like i like the story but it's not my favorite from that universe from the persona like cinematic universe so i it's it's a lot of fun but the song selection is not deep enough i was really i i was happy that they included the song from persona 4 arena um the the velvet room song and the main theme from persona q which the persona q theme is like one of my favorite persona songs period just it's it's such a it's a really good song i think it's called maze of life or something it's such a good song and i love and it was very surprising i wasn't expecting it to pop up because i was like oh shit and they had like the purple like staircase thing going spinning around while you're dancing in front of it like this is so awesome but there was no i wanted to see representation from other persona games you know i wanted to hear burn my dread from persona 3 you know i wanted the baby 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 kind of bullshit when you like get into a battle from persona 3 and there's just just persona 4 songs and and they repeat and you repeating songs is like a no-no in rhythm games even if it's a fun game to play you know what i mean yeah i mean i kind of agree i was playing through the free mode and every time i would beat a song like another song that i already had unlocked but a different remix was unlocked yeah and i just kind of got bored of playing these remixes over and over it's it's fun it's not a bad game i think it's actually a pretty good game but it, it doesn't belong on a game of the year list I can agree. Chris? Uh, I didn't play Dancing All Night because I don't have I don't have a Vita. So you can agree that it comes yeah. off the list. So. All right. That's another one for the list. Uh, my next one is going to be J-Star's Victory. Ooh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Explain. As much as I enjoyed J-Star's Victory, I did find myself fall off quite a bit. Um, I but it seems like such a good premise for a game. It is. It's like Smash Brothers, but with anime. See, it is, but it isn't. There's um, so there's a there's an open, kind of an open world aspect to this game, where you also have to find your enemy. The lock on system is a little shaky, Mm. which is really bad because you Mm. can do three v three fights, and. If you accidentally like flick the analog, it's going to automatically go to someone else. So, and then to get back to that, um, to that initial person, it's not like you can flick the other way and go to the person you have to go around. Like, so 
if you're if you're locked on to one and you accidentally lock on to three, you have to lock on to two before you can lock back on the one. That makes no. I don't even know what you're saying. That's not even words. So like, if you lock on to this person, for instance, uh-huh. you can't. So you, and you're locked on to this person. You have to. And cycle. you accidentally, yeah. Okay, I get and it. And you accidentally lock on. You have to cycle through everyone before you can but lock how's back this, on. How's the story? I mean, you get like four. Uh, you have like four characters that you can play the story with, and the only thing that alters is who you're playing the story with. I I agree. It belongs off the list. <laughs> Chris. Yeah, we can cut it. Right. So long, J Stars. Chris, you're up. All right. Uh, you know, I'm gonna kill my own darling, and uh, I'm gonna I wanna go with the Batman Arkham Knight. Ooh. Um, Ooh, wasn't expecting that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I want to shake it up a bit, like. Oh. So, Chris, the funny thing about that is, uh, while Stan was talking about Persona Four, in my head I was debating between J Stars and Batman. Oh my God! Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so we, we got I'm, we got I'm some mind melting on going one. on. Believe me, I'm I'm like one of the biggest Batman fans here. Like we all, I mean, I. I mean, in terms of like comics and stuff, you know, I'm less of a DC guy, more of a Batman guy. But um, I felt like one of my biggest, biggest gripes and disappointments, you know, we were led to believe that this Arkham Knight character was, and we were, it was, we were specifically told in press releases too that this guy was completely new, completely original, and then. I called it. I think uh, other people, like I've Andy, I think you called, called it. it. But like, it, it it just ended up being Jason Todd, and it, it ended up being like a re, sort of reimagined red uh, under the Red Hood story. Yeah. And that's been done a lot. Like it's been done in, in the comics, of course, but like in the animated film, and it's been teased in other mediums. So, and I I felt like I've seen this before, and I was really I was really gunning for like some crazy off the wall interpretation or reimagining of who's the rogue beneath the Arkham Knight's mask. I mean, straight from the straight from the beginning of the game, there's there's moments where like as soon as you meet the Arkham Knight, like you just you kind of get the sense that it's it's already Jason. Like you you already know. The moment they do the flashback and like it's got to be Jason. There's yeah. no other reason for you to bring that up. Um, the, the thing is, I, I can't see it coming off the list yet. Not walled shit like Dragon Ball and Chroma Squad and stuff <laughs> is on. Are you telling me, can you say for certain, Chris, that Chroma Squad is a better game than Batman Arkham Knight? Given how much been playing it this past weekend? I, th- I mean, okay, can you say that, I mean, it's, can you say that Dragon Ball Xenoverse is a better game than Arkham Knight? Uh, I, th- mm. oh God. Because uh, that's what you're saying. If you're gonna take it off the list now, that's you're implying yeah. that it's that it's worse than all these other games on the list. Okay, I'm just okay for now. I'm acknowledging it's not a perfect game, and I I think if it it's does make the top ten, of coming off the list sooner or later. Yes, but not yet. I'm not I can't agree yet. All right, all right, all right. And on that note, I nominate Dragon Ball Xenoverse for coming off the list. <laughs> Now, cutting um, throats. I put I put Xenoverse on this list because I had a lot of fun with it, and I thought it was a, it was a really great Dragon Ball game. 
Um, I like that you can create your own character. I, I love that you can pick your own um, your own race. You could be Namekian, you could be the Frieza race, you could be Saiyan, you could be human. I don't know why the hell you'd want to be a human, but you you have the option. Go wild if you want. Um, I like that you can pick up all the different gear and items and special moves from the Dragon Ball universe. I love that the story is a retread of the series, but in a new perspective of you going back in time. And I feel like that was enough to make the playing through the fucking series for the thousandth time fresh. But fucking RNG, man. Although all that random shit going on and the, I, the amount of grinding that you need to do playing the same levels can over Can I get and over on again. real quick? The Bardock saga? That yes. Bardock? Oh my god. ridiculous difficulty spike at that point in the For game. no reason. For no reason. And then it's like... And it's then the a, final battle of that arc is like the three biggest and the hardest enemies of that game all fighting you at once. Yeah, it's crazy. And I... Xenoverse does so much shit well. And I feel like if you're a Dragon Ball fan, you absolutely owe it to yourself to play this game and to buy this game. And I hope, I hope that the people who made this game, because I feel like it it was very successful and they weren't expecting it to be as successful as it was. I feel like they look at that success, they see the complaints, and they make a Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 that blows this one out of the water. You know, that, that has less random shit going on has more robust um servers you know maybe more interactions between other player characters that's not in battle there's just so much potential in xenoverse that i feel like it deserves coming on this list so we can talk about it but i don't think it deserves being on the top 10 and that's why i think it goes off agreed i agree okay yeah xenoverse Hmm. back to you it's getting a little little tougher now Got got all, got rid of the um the obvious ones. All right, so now I will cut my own throat with this. Guitar Hero Live can go. Oh, oh. I feel now. I feel confident that that okay. it can go right. in peace. You you let it you let it linger for a bit. Just <laughs> so, a little bit. Okay. Because were you under the same thing that I said? There's like there's no way that this is worse than Dragon Ball or yeah, or J Star. That was. Yeah. Okay. J Stars had to go before. Okay. Well, all right. So we can cross off the list. I just want to make sure that we're doing this in the correct order. 19 is Black Ops. With... 19 is Black Ops, then Persona. Persona's 18. Followed by J Stars. J Stars is 17. Xenoverse is and Guitar 16, Hero. and Guitar Hero is 15. Okay. Uh, Chris, for the chopping block. Hmm. I'm killing all my babies today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta get that on the um, board. I gotta. Um, Mad Max. Mad I mean, Max. You, 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 you guys all know how much I love post-apocalyptic stuff. Yeah, I wasn't um, expecting you to, to bring that up. I kind of thought you were gonna pick Chroma Squad there. Oh, dude, no! My love for Chroma Squad <laughs> you know Chroma is Squad legendary is? right nope. now. Chroma Squad like, is actually it's like um, Chris, is it like a, a tactical RPG? It's a. It's basically like if it's Final Power Fantasy Rangers. Tactics meets Power Rangers. It's Power Rangers. It's a Super Sentai tactical RPG. It is so much fun. Like, was like Friday night. I I downloaded and started playing it, and like the next thing I knew, it was three o'clock in the morning. Like the eight hours just blinked away in a, in a heartbeat. It was just so freaking good, and 
I mean, I don't know. Oh, I think it's a little bit early because we're, we're still in chopping block mode, but I cannot stress how amazingly fun this game is. It's like... It kind of... Can I just go on a rant about like, Crumble Squad um, right now? Like uh, Fire Emblem meets Power Rangers. It's also kind of like a little simmy because you're not... Act, you're... Um, it's like a TV show that you're putting on. Exactly. So the plot for the plot premise is you are a stuntman with uh, you're like on a Power Rangers like show, but then your boss, your director, treats you so badly that the five of you decide to leave and start your own studio and you start your own Power Rangers show. So then you you pick and choose different characters to play the five main rangers, and they have like archetypes. So one of them's the leader. One of them is assault. One of them is like a scout. One of them is support slash healer, and one of them is like a techie. So he uses like rifles and and uh, buffs like your your mecha. So you go you go through seasons where you play out, you you, you record shows, and the shows are the tactical RPG battles. So you fight minions, and then with each, and you have to it, like the strategy part comes from. Uh, a mix of like fulfilling the director's objectives, but you also have to be really stylish with how you attack because the how you gain money and how you level up is you have to build up fans and audience, and the more fans and audience you have, uh, the more money you make. So you can invest, reinvest that money back in to make even bigger production values. Listen, just based off of Chris's description of the game. Shows me yeah. why he didn't want to let it go. Yeah, yeah, so, it's you know so what? good and like, well, so, and it's really funny. It's really well written. It has tons of references and inside jokes and gags and Easter eggs. So that's a good that's a good argument for why Chroma Squad should stay. But we're not talking about Chroma Squad. We're talking about Mad Max. So really quickly, why does Mad Max come up list? Uh, I mean, for one, like I really felt they missed a golden opportunity. To tie it into the movie, mm-hmm. but I mean, like we all, like we mentioned before, the the Fury Road movie went through a lot of development hell. So by the time the Mad Max video game fell into the hands of Avalanche Studios, they were trying to make it to an independent thing. So Furiosa is not in the game, which is a travesty. Yeah. Um, the game is like you can liken it to like GTA within the post apoc Mad Max world, but I felt like it got pretty repetitive pretty quickly mm. all like the submissions they're basically all one of the same the redeeming qualities like car combat it's it's very excellent and doing all the customization options with your magnet opus is a lot of fun you can do a lot of tinkering in terms of story i think it's also kind of kind of weak mm. i enjoyed like the magnus opus part of the story but other than that, like, i don't know it, it didn't feel it didn't have like that same epic scope that same like gravitas like like the source material is inspired by and i don't know i mean it's a it's a strong game i enjoyed my time playing with it before i had to move on to metal gear solid but with all the other games that came out this year i feel like it's if, if not the top 10 it's probably on the lowest tier of that winner's circle i have nothing to say <laughs> i haven't played it so so it can come off all right, Mad Max is off the list, and I guess it's back to my turn. <sighs> Everyone goes to the Rapture. It's a walking simulator. 
I don't know. I, I agree. Just... Like, you don't even have a run function. You press <laughs> R1 and speed walk, but not really. Um, I feel like, okay, so sure, it's it might have a really good story. It might have interesting things that it does, but a game is meant to be played. And that's my personal opinion. I feel like if everyone goes to the rapture was a book or a short story or something, it would, it would probably be easier to digest, but I can't in any good conscience have a game that has barely any gameplay and a game of the year kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I have no, uh, no fight on that. Chris. Yeah, it's a slow game. Uh, I, mean, I was playing it, and I mean the story is really interesting. It's a it's a beautiful game. The pacing was pretty tough, and plus you can't run. You can't <laughs> run. You can't speed up the action. <laughs> so are we in agreement? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone goes to the rapture off the list. All right, we're down to twelve, and the ball is in your court, Andy. The ball is in my court, <laughs> and I don't mean this on a pun, but Rocket League. Oh no. <laughs> no, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Shots fired. That is nope. So you're saying you think there are still games on here that's that Rocket League is better than? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rocket League belongs on at least top ten list because it is so much fun. It's it it's probably the best sports game, period. You have, I don't remember the last time the three of us, when we were in a, in a recording booth, like having as much fun and laughing so much playing a game as we did Rocket League. And honestly, like, I don't remember how much enjoyment I've ever had in a game, like as, you know, like hours just go by when I play Rocket League. Like I will just, I'll be like, I'm going to just play one game. Next thing I know, it's fucking seven games in. I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> And it's it just hasn't it hasn't lost any interest in me. I just I I can put it down and not come to it for weeks, and then I'll just pick it up one night and it'll just feel like I never left, and I'll just have as much fun as I did when I first started. And being able to customize if your anything, car, you get it gets more fun because you have like Back to the Future and you have Portal cars now. You know, yeah, they add they're adding stuff to the game all the time. They're supporting it so much. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like what you wanted sports games to be when they when they came up with the idea of a sports game where everyone is playing a different player on the team and you have to actually work together. This actually feels like you're playing on an actual team. And it's the closest you can get to playing a sport in real life, in my opinion, where you're just having everyone's got, you know, there's no set, like you're not playing the goalie. You're just another car on the field. You can play, you can decide to be that spot if you want. Then you could switch up with someone else. Like, okay, I'm now I'm going to be the goalie. You guys go off. That like whole... It's. I feel like there's more teamwork going on in Rock League than there is in fucking Call of Duty, Battlefront, any like team-based shooter. Like, there's just synergy. And Rock League <laughs> is just so much fun that I I can't. It's got it's got to stay. All right, strong decisions. Got to stay, Chris, uh, Chris. Chris, what's your what's your no? What do you think about Rock League, real quick? Again, do you it's agree, like do you agree it's... with me? And not this, I, it's a really fun, this criminal really, like, it's like, it's a, it's easy to pick up, but hard to master game, but it still doesn't take away from the fun. I mean, thing. there's a, is that it's skill based in, in a lot of ways, but it's not like a street fighter skill based where it's like, people are going to 
wreck you if you if you like i feel like it's it's easy to get to get good listen let's let's not get confused here i didn't pick rocket league because i think it's a bad game oh i said that (laughs) i picked rocket league because there are games on this list i don't know anything about and then there are other games on this list which i feel are better than rocket league so fair enough but i feel like it belongs I can't. I can't judge a game that I don't know. I'm not gonna vote off a game why, that I don't know. That's why, which is why, you know, like we're. I don't. I want to reiterate, like we're not professional game reviewers or anything. You know, what I'm saying we can't afford every game that comes out. We can't afford the time or the money to play everything that comes out. So that's why there are a couple things on this list that I haven't played, or, or Annie hasn't played, or Chris hasn't played, just because we can't just afford everything. You know, we don't get shit for free. We're not like we're not at that point yet. We're we're publishers will just send us games to review for them so we're just going off what we know anyway but this is a reason why i should live in new york city because then we could just trade games with each other all the time for real just play each other's games all right chris you got another uh, game for to nominate to cut off yep uh hmm this is getting tough guys yep yep hmm stay uh i want to put a pin in it when you were playing undertale did you run into any glitches no, I didn't play a, a ton of Undertale, but okay. what I what I have played, it's it didn't I didn't encounter anything out of the ordinary. Okay. Well. Okay, because uh, right now this is sort. I mean, this is an unfair criticism. I say that because one, because I haven't played it. I only I only pl- I haven't played it that long, but and I but two. I remember that I was talking to you about that Dog Knight thing. Yeah. We're like I'm stuck, and there's, there's there's like no context clues to like get past this one path. And there's there's some puzzle, but I'm missing something, or I don't know if it's something. I don't know, but uh, but I do enjoy Undertale, so I don't want to like cut it off the list now because okay. I feel like that. So what do you want to? Uh, uh, God, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Bloodborne. Okay. For the next one. Um okay, give it- I mean, I don't know if this makes me sound like like not a hardcore gamer, but uh, I don't see I, I have a problem with games being so extremely over the top challenging for the sake of that's his main selling point being difficult. Yeah. I mean, I know some other players you know they they love the challenge but for me i just got so so easily frustrated Mm -hmm. to the point where like it just turned me off and i really i really want to 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 love this game because it has everything that i should love like it has like this crazy cool gothic element it has like hp lovecraftian elements and horror and like you know, it's just really macabre, and that's that's not my cup of tea. But I feel like I can't enjoy the game because of the difficulty, and I don't know if that's a a valid. I mean, let's put it like this: it was so difficult that they had to patch the game to make it less difficult for yeah. people I mean, who aren't that heavy into like fucking. Listen, Bloodborne, too hard, no fun. I agree with you, Chris. We could take it off the list. Mm. I mean, the thing is, like, I really want to enjoy the story. Like, it's so rich and multi-layered and faceted, but I feel like I can't enjoy it because I can't progress through the game, like, at a reasonable pace. 
And you know, maybe that says something about me, but I I rather play like Chroma Squad for like eight hours as opposed to trying to beat like the same boss for like that much time. I mean, I agree because um, it's the same thing with the Dark Souls games. You know, I, I I like the idea of those games in theory, but in practice, too hard, and I can't enjoy a game that I just have no fun playing. And there's a garbage man outside, so. Uh, that's what you're hearing. It's the garbage man because we're here. We're burning the midnight oil, and so the garbage people are coming to take us away. Very loudly, too. Very, very loudly. Yeah. Okay, so uh, cut the bloodborns. Cut the bloodborns. All right. All right. So, Jesus, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> they rearranging the planet out there? <laughs> <laughs> Dang. You want to invite them to the game of the year discussions? You um, think they maybe, got an opinion on this shit? Maybe they got an opinion. Maybe they got games that they want to cut. Oh, man. All right. So let me think. Uh, next for the list, Soma. Take Soma off the list. And I say that because it's robots. And you're like, oh, are they people or are they not people? Oh, <laughs> it's underwater. Oh, I this it doesn't do anything crazy that I haven't seen before or, or that wows me. I mean, it raises like existential issues, but again, it's it, but it doesn't it, do that. It, Things have done that before, you know. It's not. It's not. It, it has, and also, and also, it's like a, it's a lot like amnesia. Yeah, like it has like the same engine, Agreed. the same like morality system, and it, and then given that it's also coming from. Uh, frictional games you're, you're expecting like a, a twist ending but uh, i don't know i mean also horror like not everyone likes horror games i mean i i love horror games it's just i don't know someone never interested in me enough to like really get into it i don't own soma so yeah well neither do i i'm just going off of chris's chris said really good things about it last time we spoke about it so you know it sounds good it's just not it doesn't seem like and i've heard good things it's just not not appealing it never appealed to me enough to like pay for it you know yeah yeah it's a very good game but i think compared to some of the other titles left i i i feel like it it it, it will get overshadowed the important thing is that at least one of us fucking played the game you know what i'm saying if none of us played it we should not be arguing in it period (laughs) But Chris, Soma, do you think it's time? Uh, uh, I mean, considering what we have less, uh, what we have left on the list, and this is like this will be like number eleven. Um, yeah, I could, I could like, I, I could let it go. I still enjoy the game, but there are still some strong, t- strong titles. And here it is, guys. Here Your it is. last top ten. We have ten left, and so now here comes the top ten debate so let me just re- recap real quick we got black ops 3 at number 19 persona 4 at 18 dancing all night that is uh 17 is j stars victory victory 16 is dragon balls universe uh 15 guitar you alive 14 mad max 13 everyone goes to the rapture 12 bloodborne and 11 soma and here we go andy start us off with the top 10 kicking this off Hmm. So based off of everything that I've heard, because now I got to hear about the games that I don't know, I'm going to say Undertale. Mm. 
Um, mm-hmm. I feel like Undertale doesn't bring a lot to the table in comparison to any of these other games. Well, I mean, Undertale does a lot of interesting things. It's got the... It, in terms of novelty and creativity, it, it explores like mechanics that, you, that are like completely novel. Like for example, like the battle system, how it works is you have your heart or your soul in the middle, and you can move it around, and it becomes like this fun mini game where you have to dodge like, the attacks of the creatures, which are represented by like white dots or white shapes. And I've never seen an, a combat system in an RPG. Like that before and it was really interesting and really uh, i i commend the creator for coming up with that um yeah i enjoy some other thing yeah Go ahead, Chris, keep going. and like the, the game is really weird and quick and quirky and really funny the first like first minute to the game you encounter a flower that's trying to help you out then all of a sudden it turns on you into this demon flower and it tries to kill you <laughs> there's a lot of yeah, and it's, and it's filled with those type of moments. There's these, a lot the of, entire span. There's a lot of influence from I, you can sense it of like Earthbound. There's like a lot of Earthbound in that like just in its its humor and it's just the way people talk and and it's just it's a little bit like Shimagami Tensei too, where you can you can talk to the enemies instead of fighting them. You can try to like persuade them to not fight anymore you can like flirt with enemies and it's just like it's just it's it's funny and it's weird and it does all these things that i don't see other games do like have it track like if you're if you're killing all your enemies or if you're sparing them and track them across play playthroughs so even if you finished a game and started a new game fresh it'll remember what you did in the last game and it'll bring it up and it, the game changes around how you play with it. So it does a lot of crazy shit. And I think it's awesome because of it. I don't know. I don't know. Chris, And the soundtrack is boss. I love the soundtrack. Yeah, it's got a it's, pretty solid soundtrack. Do you do you think it belongs on top, on number 10, Chris? Do you think it deserves to go? I, I, yeah, I think it definitely de- I think it has to have a spot in the top 10. Well, it does because we were up to... Yeah, we're, it would we're be there. number oh, 10. Uh, yeah, I'm saying, I think, yeah, do you think I, it should be 10 or do you think it should be higher in the list? Because if it if you think it belongs on 10, we can... I think it might be, should be higher. Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing some stuff on here that I feel like can go first before Undertale. All right. Chris? Here you go, Chris. What about Super Mario Maker? Like Stan, that was your that was your submission, right? <sighs> Super Mario Maker. I mean, there's like a lot of replay value, and like the there's it's unlimited a, Mario the, levels. Listen, I feel like after the patch of uh, checkpoints, adding checkpoints after that checkpoint patch, that game is fucking amazing. It's, it wasn't so hot without checkpoints, but now even, even without checkpoints, if the game is as it is now, with if I mean like as it was before the the update, it was just a little tedious. I feel like, yeah, but now it's like a little bit more robust. It's bearable, yeah. System, but I I still feel like it's awesome because it's it's Mario One, it's Mario Three, it's Mario World, and it's new super mario brothers but no one cares about that one but like you can play there's just so much shit going on you can have you can have airship levels in super mario world which doesn't exist you could have had 
um, airship levels in, in the original Mario Brothers, which also didn't exist because that, that started in Mario Brothers 3. You can have a ghost house in Mario 1. And the style, the music, the physics all change based on what your style is. So you could play the same level in like four different styles and it'll be a different experience, same level. And I've seen people do crazy shit, like have a Metroid level, have like a Zelda 2 inspired level. And, you know, you have all these, the thing that, the, the thing about it is that it's, there's Nintendo made levels. You have like the 10 Mario challenge or whatever, and 100 Mario challenge, I think is the online levels, but you, you, there is Nintendo levels, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel quite as together and as flowy as an actual standard Mario release. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like a Mario Brothers or like a Mario 3D Land or whatever. It's it's piecemeal because it's like you make single levels. I wish there was um an opportunity to make a string of levels and upload it online so you play in succession. So you can make worlds if you want. That doesn't exist. I wish it did. Um, but it's it's Mario. You know, Mario is it plays like Mario. It plays like Mario One, it plays like Mario Three, Mario World. Maybe not 100% one-to-one accurate of how it is exactly, but for it feels like I remember them. So, so, you, so you're saying it should be and higher so on it, the list? It's just having endless Mario 3 levels, endless Mario World levels, you know what I'm saying? All right. It's, it, but it depends on the creator, you know? Sometimes the levels are fucking awful. Sometimes they're too hard. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel. It's... If you've played a Mario game, you've played one of the styles in Mario Maker. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. This is tough. This is, t- this is the top ten. Um, yeah. But just for now. Alright, so go for your picks, then. Star Wars Battlefront. Uh, I had a feeling that was coming. <laughs> Star Wars Battlefront. If it's, you didn't say it, I was gonna... It's, it's good. It's fun. It's... I feel like I'll get many hours of entertainment out of it. I feel like I'll get more if I buy the season pass, which kind of fucking sucks. But you know what? But there's not enough there for me to consider it higher than 10. So I'm I'm perfectly happy with having Battlefront at number 10. All right, Chris. I mean, Chris, sorry. All right, Andy, your turn. <sighs> number nine. The police are coming because you're taking too long. <laughs> no, they're going to arrest me on my decision. I'm going to second Chris's choice, Batman Arkham Knight. Ooh, okay. All right. Arkham I uh, I definitely don't think it deserves to be any higher. Why is that? I mean, for reasons stated before, like, it just did everything too predictable. It was a great game. I loved it. But, I mean... That's solid. Like Chris, like, like Chris said, it's, it's a little predictable. Yeah, it was too predictable. The Joker and, wasn't and it's predictable. Another, that part was that was the not Joker was like the best part. That was like an amazing plot twist. But and like, like and like Mark like, Hamill said he wouldn't return, but then he did. It's like yeah, Mark Hamill. And I don't know. I just feel like I've I've heard the fucking Red Hood story more than enough. For me to care yeah. more. And honestly, like the, the gameplay is like it's so it's so good. And oh, and you know let's what I'm but let's get on with the fucking real issue of the game. Every single fucking car mission 
Oh yeah, the bat tank. Oof. Mm-hmm. I blocked that shit out of my brain. Yeah. Bat tank mission bat was tank. very real and very annoying. And you know what? I like I like the um the the melee of combat. I like the sneaking and stuff, but that's stuff that I've already played in City. That's stuff that I played in Arkham Asylum, you know. Yeah. And then sneaking tank missions? What? Any tank missions, honestly. And, like, and why why was Deathstroke the boss fight a tank? Oh, battle? let's let's <laughs> not. Please, please no. Alright. I agree. We can do it. Alright. Arkham Knight. Number Scratch nine it off to list. number nine. Hmm. Number eight. I'm surprised I got well, this far without anyone like getting hurt. <laughs> this has been remarkably um civil. It is. Um Okay, Stan, I need your help with this one. Like, I still haven't be- beaten or finished the game, but like Given the titles that we have last, so this is a recap. So we have Metal Gear Solid, we have Fallout 4, Rocket League, Chroma Squad, Undertale, Until Dawn, Super Mario Maker, and Tales of the Borderlands. Mm-hmm. How would you feel if I if I nominate... Uh, Oh my god! Now I'm second guessing myself what? as I talk about this. Go no, ahead. I have. Uh, go ahead. I have an idea of what Chris is gonna say. Chris, uh, tell me. What are you thinking? Let's talk this through. What are you thinking? Okay. Let's be civil here. <laughs> mm, see, I my my decision is is not it's not gonna be objective because I haven't beaten or played all were, of like tales of the this. borderlands and, oh, tales of the borderlands and mm-hmm. i mean i want to because like, i i would want to because uh, i would want to re re nominate mario maker but like after your arguments of like it's infinite replay value and like it's un- untapped potential or it's unlimited potential oh god i don't know because okay, like so from what I'll, you told I'll, me, I'll for, like, you, especially with like the, the last episode of Tales with like, the giant mecha battle and all the humor, yeah. I'm like, oh. So I'll, I'll help you through this right now. Tales from the Borderlands is an the best Telltale game series, flat out. It is. It's hilarious. It's got a lot of action. It's got characters that you you know nothing about starting, and then at the end you care about so much, and it's like. They become like Fast and the Furious family, where it's and that's like, kind of like um, that that's the same way I felt about um, the Walking Dead Telltale game. Yeah, like you have five characters you know nothing about, and then you somehow grow attached to these characters. Yeah. And then with with Tales of the Borderlands, almost every single character by the end of the game, I felt something for, whether it's love or like hate, and like it just does so many good things with the storyline and. It, not only did it make me care about those characters, but it made me care about Borderlands as a franchise, which I had like very little like. I I like Borderlands, I like the idea of Borderlands, but I never really cared about the world until this game. This game sold me on on the universe and it sold me on these characters, and I I will be very disappointed and shocked if these characters don't make an appearance in Borderlands Three. It it's just it's really good, and it's like probably one of the best stories on this list to play through. So. I'm going to help you out, Chris, and I'm going to say Mario Maker. Mario Maker? Okay. Mario Maker first. Well, now I feel much better. Thank you, Stan. (laughs) So that was number eight. Yes. All right. 
And now it is Stan's turn. Huh. Well, I'm going to have to come back to Chroma Squad. Oh, because, no. Yeah, I have to come back to Chroma Squad because all the other games on the, on the list are games that I, I played and I really, you know... Like, I haven't beaten Undertale, but from what I played, I really enjoyed it. You, this, Chroma Squad is the only game on the list that I really haven't experienced in any, like, substantial way. And I feel like it, it, might, it might be a fun game, but I feel like it doesn't do anything so groundbreaking that it belongs any higher on the list than it is now. Mm, I'm biting my tongue because like I, I I love this game so much, but I do but, agree like, look, with you. Like it, yeah. it it builds on the model of like classic tactical RPGs. So like your Fire Emblem, your Final Fantasy, your experiments with a lot of new features, just by the virtue of its unique story and environmental setting. So uh, like one. Uh, it had, I mean, well, I guess it's not novel, but it also has like a social aspect. So there's like an email system. So you build up like personal relationships uh, through emails. So like, I guess like persona or like dot hack. Um, you also, you also have like a pretty interesting customization system. Not only with like, you have a bit of Minecraft or like a bit of like, you just have an interesting Minecraft crafting system where you can, Get your get your gear. You can craft new materials to make better armor, and then you can also upgrade your mech. And the mech the mech battles are like a whole nother thing because it plays like a two D fighter, and you you can have crazy upgrades. You can have like rocket launcher fists and like a Gurren Logan drill arm, and like a, a power sword and like a giant Iron Man arc reactor chest beam. But um, I mean the point. But you do bring up a good point it's not as i mean like the execution it's new like i've never seen a game like this before but like in terms of the core mechanics it builds upon generations and the very best pieces of tactical rpgs has to offer but on the other hand chris number seven is not bad on top 10 list for the year it is and it made it this far yeah I mean, if I had to compare it to, like, Undertale, like, Chroma Squad, like, it has classic elements, like, the best of the best of tactical RPG elements, but whereas, like, Undertale, it completely, like, breaks the mold and the formula and just, like, rearranges what RPGs have been and could be. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, if I could get a way convince you just to play Chroma Squad, that would be a personal I'm already for convinced. Me. I want to I wanna play Chroma Squad. Okay. Okay, so I can let it go. And that I, that's a great constellation prize if I can get both of you to play Chroma Squad. And, and it's only on Steam, right? And if you're yeah, listening it's only at on home, Steam. Yeah. Chris is Chris is asking you, your listener. Super seal of approval. Yeah, super super Sentai seal of approval. Like right, so good. Seven. Mm, man, <laughs> this shit is hard. Uh, <laughs> it's fun though. It's kind of fun. So I'm torn between two right now. Okay. Why don't you talk us through it? What are you thinking? The first one is Until Dawn. Mm -hmm. And the other one is Back to Rocket League. Oh, no, no, no. I don't know. (laughs) That's tough. That's real tough because... It's it's a tear between the two. It's 
Until they're both really, really good games. Um, until Dawn does a really good job of making you feel like your choices have lasting consequence. And, and there's also the factor of uh, those therapy sessions those in therapy between. Those therapy sessions were really cool. Um, it did a lot of interesting things. It it played, it both played horror tropes straight and also subverted them in, in other instances. Um, if it was, it was interesting. You can see influences from from like Saw, from like Japanese horror movies, from like monster movies, from slasher movies, and it felt like. I feel like I said this before, but it feels like a video game version of Cabin in the Woods, but played seriously. Yeah. Um, I think the storyline is really cool. Um, but I think it's the reveal towards the end of the game and kind of kind of the way the story ends up is it's not the strongest. It definitely it starts super strong, but I don't know if it 100% stuck the landing for me at the end. Um, I definitely prefer the first half of the game better than the latter half, even though I feel like overall the game is awesome. And um, what else was I going to say? Um, once once you get to a certain point in the game and you look back, you realize that it's you can kind of see the strings and you can kind of see where like okay, no matter what I do here, he's in, this person's not actually going to die because it's it's set up in a certain way where it's not yet time, and then you can see later on at what point those strings get cut. And where everyone is up for grabs for dying, but like at, there's like certain points in the game where certain characters can die, and other characters you think might die, but they don't actually die no matter what. So like once you go back, it's kind of like, but then the first run through, you're kind of like on edge because you don't know at all, and it does a really good job of hiding that from you. So I, I don't know. Meanwhile, Rocket League is Rocket League. Rocket League is fucking Rocket League. Um, damn. Chris, you you have any opinions? I mean, in, in good faith, I really, really wanted to play Until Dawn. I I just the ongoing struggle of like not enough time and not enough money yeah. to buy everything. So like in good faith, I can't really give my judge give any credence to like Until Dawn. And I mean, I know um Stan's a big fan of it. I love what Stan told me or told us. Uh, so. I mean, I just recently got it myself, so I'm playing through it currently. But uh, I don't know, man. Um, I, I stand. I think it just comes down to you because you played both. I mean, I yeah. mean, you you're the, you have the most extensive experience with Until Dawn. Yeah. Uh, jeez. This is like apples to oranges. Yeah. Like they're very different and. Yeah, um, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go for. This is like making one of those life or death choices in Until Dawn. Like, like one of the, one of them's gotta go, but which one? Um, It'll come back to haunt you. Yeah, I, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, you won't die with your choice. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> we know this. The strings um, are not yet cut. So, all right. So, so here's my reasoning. Um, until Dawn was a great experience, but I never felt inclined to go back and play it a second time, even though you can get different permutations of the ending. I, I thought the storyline was awesome. I really liked what they did with the mechanics and, and it, it its choice and the way the game changes around those choices is really awesome, but I never felt compelled to go back and play a second time. I felt once through good, 
complete story for me. Rocket League, I keep coming back to. And I feel like I can still come back to it. I'm not done with Rocket League, and I can't put Rocket League down yet. So, so I'm going to say Until Dawn. Yeah, let's pick them up. Okay, so number, number six for Until Dawn. All right, Chris. Oh, back to you. It's like playing hot potato. But this it is, really this is. Fucking, it really sucks. <laughs> it I cringe really right is. after you like make your pick. It's like, uh, fuck. But the th- these are all like awesome games. You know, it's like our favorite games. It's just like it's like what's the better one? Yeah, this is the this is the way it is with with battle royale, it's man. Just the way Only the strongest will survive. We're getting down to the nitty gritty though, so. All right, so just to recap for all you out there, Top um, what we have yeah, left <laughs> is Metal Gear Solid Five, Fallout Four, Rocket League, Undertale, and Tales from the Borderlands. Oof! <laughs> it's getting harder Oof. and harder. Harder uh, and harder. I mean, once it's down to the top two, we're just gonna fucking. I'm gonna sleep well tonight because I'm exhausted. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah just, just as a time check for all you out there, it's one o'clock in the morning. We're still going at. We've been still in the going booth at. We're not even in the top five now. yet. <laughs> We've been in the booth for five hours. We've been uh, here for five hours, guys. Because we're epic podcasters. That's what. Um, gonna, I feel like this 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 show was great though because we got a lot of good content and talk and debate out of it. So I'm I'm glad it we was very nice. This. I'm glad we. I'm glad we did this. I mean, we knew this was gonna be like this. Yeah, but I feel yeah. like we're we're like actual critics, like with real opinions. <laughs> we got like little fancy sheets and shit. I know. Oh uh, man, see, I want to revisit Tales, mm-hmm. but I mean, we just discussed that like two games ago. So uh, I mean, there's but, only like yeah, fucking gonna, four games. You can left. revisit it as many <laughs> times as you like. That's the. Uh... I mean, jeez, you, you got Metal Gear, and you got Fallout, you got Rocket League, and you got Undertale. Yeah. Here, From this list mentally, I already know how I want this list to fall out. In my brain. Jeez. Okay. Well, besides two and one, that's that's a fight to the death. Okay, so right now I have, I have a really hard dis- decision. Because I haven't played through all of Tales, and I haven't played through all of Undertale. Mm-hmm. Which and, one spoke to you more? Um, to be honest, like just from I, this is to- like a totally like another cop out decision, but like I just love your description. Like you, you remember, you remember that last episode where you're like, "This is totally a Chris moment." With like the gr- yeah. with like the Pacific Rim robot battle and everyone forming up and teaming together and destroying the other boss in a giant epic mecha battle that speaks yeah. to me so much. On the other hand, when you also told me how in Undertale where you can literally kill everything and it become like you destroy the entire universe and then on the second playthrough, you know, then you you lose your soul. That also spoke to me too, because I find that like so completely off the wall amazing. Like, I mean, who develops that kind of mechanic in the game? So, but uh, but on, on the other hand, uh, on that point, like I I started going on that track Undertale, where I started killing everything, 
And then when I met the dog knight, I decided to experiment with the, the talk function. And just really weird, hilarious stuff happened. So, I don't know. Uh, okay. Um, Alright. Tales for the Borderlands is like a great story and i feel like you should you should absolutely play it and you should absolutely mm-hmm. experience it and i feel like even if you're not a big fan of borderlands mm-hmm. it's 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 a worthwhile story and i think it's it's one of the well it's the most well written of the of the um telltale games that being said the engine is kind of showing its wear you know it's 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 kind of even though it's more actiony and stuff it's still it's still the same it has the same bones as the walking dead as um wolf among us the game of thrones and yeah it's got the same kind of it plays almost the same where you're walking around you're talking and then you have these qtes that pop up and it it feels very similar Mm. so it doesn't it doesn't do anything crazy with it doesn't break the mold but it doesn't break but it it supplements that with like an amazing story and amazing characters the story is so awesome and so well written then it's so so we're up against Something that's been done several times, but done better than before, and something that's it's, practically new. Yeah, and really subversive of RPG like mechanics that you expect. So, um, honestly, I'm I'm okay with letting Tales from the Borderlands go at this point because okay, I mean it's, that's, it will well, be number six, and that's yeah. no slouch either. You know, it's it's awesome, and I just want people to know how awesome it is, and I feel like Telltale should take a little break from producing like a thousand games and maybe work on their engine a little bit and like make something new, something more capable of, of doing crazy dynamic stuff, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, but if anything, Stan, like it's definitely on my queue, so I need to I need to get through that. Borderlands, Tales from the Borderlands, number five. So my turn. Yep. Yep. Woo! All right. Oh shit. Uh man just a reminder we have metal gear solid 5 we have fallout 4 rocket league and undertale and did i miss one nope no, that's, that's it, it. okay wow geez we are down to four um okay so i can i mean like let's let's not pull any punches it's gonna be between rocket league and undertale right yeah. at this point yeah <laughs> so shit uh, i mean have you beat Undertale? No. How long have you played it? A couple hours. It's, is it's it not, a game that you think you would revisit more? It's not. It's not a long game. It's probably about five to six hours, but it encourages play uh, multiple playthroughs, so you can see like a genocide run or a pacifist run and see how the game reacts to that. Um, Rocket League is playable all the time. It's playable all the time. It's it's as close to to self explanatory as you can get to like 100 foot robot golf it's like all you need to know is right there on the front you know a car a ball and like nitrous i mean i think calling rocket league number four like having a sports game come in in fourth place it's fucking... but then also you get like undertale and then undertale is like this very retro looking nest like visual and it, it was made in ms paint like all the visuals we're like in MS Paint more or less, so it's like Rocket League looks fucking awesome. I'm just trying to tear you between the two. I know I am. Right. Don't <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. I'm I'm torn. All right. 
We're all feeling the heat here, man. <laughs> I have I have a better idea of one and two than I have three and four. <laughs> That's where we're at right now. Like I know in my mind what number one is and what number two is, but three and four is the harder choice. Somehow. <laughs> I mean, I already know that I'm gonna pick the other one that Stan doesn't pick. Are this gonna, is this is gonna, where I'm at. Are we gonna come to blows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I'm gonna say Undertale because because Rocket League is fun to play, <laughs> and it's really fun to play, and it's it's fun, and it's fun, and it's fun, and it's fun to play with your friends, and it's fun to play golf. and trash talk each other. And Undertale is good, and I like what it does, and I think it's I think it is fun, and I think it's got really good humor, and it's very charming, but it's not as fun pure pure fun to play as rocket league is on that note rocket league at number three but wait chris do you agree undertale number four yeah yeah yeah, i agree all right undertale number four rocket league number three and where are we oh, at oh dude Come i knew this i knew this was gonna come down to the it. final two <laughs> You're Dude, the final two. You guys, you guys probably It's crazy because these shot. two were not mentioned at all. We clearly unanimously think that these should be number one and two. And just for I've just for disclaimer, this we're gonna argue about this for like the next 30 minutes to an hour. Cause... I gotta step away for one sec. I gotta think about <laughs> I have to my, assess my life. My arguments right now. <laughs> uh, Alright, so <laughs> Just to narrate, Stan is rolling around his chair, you know, luckily, wiping Chris, his hair and eyes away. Luckily, a crisis mode going on. Luckily, luckily, Chris, it's your choice, your nomination, and not all right, Andy or I. Seriously, I, I think I already know what Stan would pick, and I already know he already knows what I'm gonna pick. Every, so. everyone knows what I will pick, man. You know, Fallout Four for number one. I am in agree. I know. I can't. I have to agree. I can't. I have to. Why? Explain it to me. The gameplay, like everything on it, I just feel so much more like uh, justified when I immerse myself in the game. Metal Gear Solid but- 5, okay, does things with its gameplay that not only do no other game of its type do but no other metal gear solid game does it does the gameplay completely different you have the open the openness of the structure snake controls better than he's ever controlled in any other metal gear solid game you can't say no to that that's how that's the fact that's not a subjective opinion it plays better than any other metal gear game it plays better than any other stealth game it plays better than most other action games i think better than any other action game there's stealth, there's action, there's, you know, explosions. There is a fist that you can shoot out of your arm and punch someone across the map. There but is... But in Fallout 4, you have the power but, fist. But Fallout 4 plays so similar to Fallout 3. To a fault, it plays similar to Fallout 3. And to a fault, it has all the similar trappings. It's got vats. It's got the perk system. And in, in some regards, you could say the per, the perk system was simplified to the fact where it's not as robust as Fallout 3. There's not as many options. Actually, I, I kind of like the uh, the perk system a lot more now. Mm. I think it's a lot more too. easier it's to streamline. Like, navigate and like easier to catch on, especially for newer players. 
Like and it's those... easier to plan out your your builds. Yeah, I I I think that especially like the luck aspects of the perks, but performance wise, glitches, frame rate stutters, crashes, elevators don't work in some people's games. Metal Gear Solid, name me one. Name me one instance where the game fucked up or the frame rate dropped or something happened with the actual game that screwed it up for you. That I'll you... give that to you, but story-wise, I, I feel like... Stay go with... on, go on, Chris. Uh, I was like, with, with that, like, how big is Metal Gear Solid's world compared to Fallout 4? Because, like, I, I mean, it's, with Fallout 4, even, uh, even the creator, like Todd Howard, he was playing the game for like over 300 hours straight and he's still discovering new stuff and new shit that he didn't know was in the game before and i i feel like with the bigger the game there, there there's gonna be a bit of a bigger window for glitches and bugs but that's bethesda's mo though every game that comes out is the same and, and why why hasn't it improved why haven't they taken the time to bang out all those glitches i mean sure there's the game is huge Right, but they can afford to have as many QA testers as it, as it needs, and we just found out about the game in June. So, I mean, it came out in November, and it came out with all these problems, and it didn't need to. And this is this is not a new thing for them. This has happened before, and people people let them go on it because they're Bethesda. And meanwhile, Metal Gear Solid Five iteration after iteration improves, gets better, improves, gets better. Metal Gear Solid Five is that peak. It's it can't get better than this, in my opinion. It it just it plays so much better, and and Kojima learns from from all the problems in his past games, you know, like to a fault almost. You know, Metal Gear Solid Five has has very a much sparser story compared to something as densely paced as Metal Gear Solid Four and Fallout Four and Fallout Three. You know, they're very they're very similar, and you can't say that they're not very similar, and Fall, I feel like in terms of map size, Fallout 4 is smaller than Afghanistan and Africa combined, but it is more densely packed with things to do. But the gameplay loop of Metal Gear Solid 5 is such that we're, I feel like I want to keep feeding into that loop. Deep cuts, man. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> this is so difficult. I don't oh, know, man. I feel I feel much more immersed in a world where I have this exploration aspect and like I can just go around killing shit as opposed to doing mission after mission or just exploring things just kind of like because because with with Metal Gear, I feel like you can explore shit, you'll get new missions, but a lot of the missions are kind of repetitive. Like, I don't know. I feel like I've done like five or six already missions where I had to go into a base and extract someone. That's true. The the side ups especially. Um, I feel like the the main ops are more varied in what you have to do. Um, but the side ups are very much mind clearing one, two, three, four, five, extract, you know, prisoner one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and it's it goes on and on like that. Um Fallout I feel has more variety it there's more variety in that respect but when you when you when you think about it it's you're going to x location killing y number of enemies collecting whatever the thing at the end of the dungeon and then turning around and there's the exit right to the beginning and you're out 
but somehow that feels a little more rewarding than than the way that Metal Gear plays it out because at least at least in this aspect of Fallout you're going to different locations and killing different levels of enemies and different types of enemies whereas Metal Gear I can't even tell you how many times I've went back to the same exact base for several missions and there's one specifically in my mind that stands out that I know the entire mapping of because of how many times I had to go back there to do missions. Which map? It's the map where you get, uh, I don't know, there's a there's a watchtower. It's closed off by, by like a mountain. And you can infiltrate it through the back, through the top of the mountain. And then uh, you can jump off from the mountain onto like the watchtower stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I you kill you, you kill the enemies on the watchtower stand. Then you jump down, and then you kill the enemies in the perimeter. And then it's like that. That's it. They Chris, they ain't gonna beat you. Chris, weigh in. I um, I, I mean, I do. I feel like the combination of like the immersion and like the variety of Fallout makes me like the missions more. But with uh, to play devil's advocate, like yeah, like some like the, the side ops in Metal Gear, um over time they're reduced to a number of archetypes but the the strength of the metal gear franchise and of course with five in general is that like the gameplay styles you can you can approach the same mission in a number of different ways and plus like the like the environmental effects like a a random sandstorm rolling through you can take advantage of that um so that provides a bit of novelty to those missions to mitigate the staleness of but again like there's like so many ways to do a single mission like you can like crawl through a vent or hide in a cover box and stow away in the back of a truck and i feel like fallout is just weapon choice especially in this one i feel like in in prior in fallout 3 even you had more finesse with way with the way you can talk to people and persuade them and this one it's just boiled down to four different dialogue options and i feel like in that way it's limiting even though even though i i do like the dialogue Mm -hmm. the spoken dialogue better than just reading text from fallout 3 but i feel like there was more choice in fallout 3 in terms of like what you can say and how you can end a mission like you can do things non-violently and i i don't really recall any part of fallout 4 where I had the option to do things maybe once where I had the option to, to talk someone down and do things. Well, isn't that just based on but your charisma like and your, um, I mean, I mean, yes, but like there's, there's a lot of instances where you're just, you're entering a, a place and just everyone's murdering you for no reason. You're, you're in a fucking power armor. Why are these Raiders running after you? Like, <laughs> are they stupid? Like, what are they doing? You should be, you should be able to talk people down or like, I don't know. There was a there was a mission in Fallout Three where you were in Oasis. It's been a while. I don't know if you remember it's been this mission, Chris? But yeah, Did you play. All right, so so you're in, you're in Oasis and everything is green and there's trees and there's there's all this, you know, there's like fruit and like clean water and it's like right in the middle. Well, not right in the middle, but like in the capital wasteland and it's by it's because of this tree, this mutated tree that's like alive, and there's so many different ways that that mission can like finish you can you can just straight up kill the tree 
or you can like help the tree out and there's just like all these different things that you can do and i feel like in in some ways that it is in fallout 4 too like you can't you can make certain choices and do things a number of ways but i feel like it's not as robust as three i don't know but i think what fallout 4 brings to the table that you know fallout 3 doesn't have you know you have like the extensive compound building uh system like like you were just telling me before stan you're making like a pimp mtv cribs uh hq and like and like the amount of people the amount of the the kind of things that people are doing in that new mechanic is it's basically it's it's minecraft within fallout 4 so people have been making like giant fortresses and armories for their power armor and some guy like uh you know if you're listening to us at work you know just nsfw but this guy he made this video where he made this giant this giant like billboard sign that that worked with like a series of switches and and dials and tons of generators just to make this really crude joke and the like the sexual and sexual nature and the fact that you know the game allowed him to do it and didn't have any restrictions is pretty pretty crazy i mean you could just get lost for days or months just focusing on that one element and that that's not even including like all the side quests and all the gear you could pick up and, and mod and you know all the areas you can explore and and like even when you enter like the smallest looking building, it always winds up being this crazy ass tunnel of like fucking enemies and like all this shit that you can grab and not always. Sometimes you walk in a building that's just like a fucking pile of dirt and it's like a chair. I mean, I over. walked I walked into a hospital once just because I, I, I was running really low on stem packs and I was like, Alright, a hospital. Stem packs are probably in here. Okay. So I wiped out all the enemies. I'm looking for stem packs. I found my stem packs, but then I found an elevator. So I was like, okay, this elevator will probably take me to the first floor. It was like a three-floor building. I climbed all the stairs. So I was like, all right, this elevator will probably take me to the bottom floor. Nope, this shit takes me to a basement fucking cavern (laughs) where there's a bunch of raiders in. And when I get to the bottom floor, (laughs) there's a death claw. Yeah, Fallout is just full of Fallout is just full and of these really weird random claw, moments. Like, like you know, just like I'm just walking through the mo- through the forest, and I-, I go upon this base, and all of a sudden, one of the Brotherhood of Steel aircraft just falls out of the sky, and I almost get killed. And I feel I feel like <laughs> there's a world of the world of Fallout just going on, almost independently of of like your actions and you could just let it breathe and just let it just you could see it unfold in front of you organically there's also moments in fallout where you're like walking around and you can occur two two different types of enemies attacking did did you see like the video where like trash cans there's uh what's his name carla trash yeah like there's this epic video where like um a raider is about to invade someone's base and then he hears commotion and he he walks up and trash trash man Carla like straight up like suplexes the raider and finishes him off with a headshot. And the guy didn't do anything. He he, he just watched the entire time. There was a moment where um 
I had went to um, to a market that I accidentally stole from, and they were against me. But they were where uh, there were raiders around, so I killed the raiders and I put my gun away to go talk to them. They pulled their gun out on me, and trash can Carla comes out of nowhere with a fucking gun and kills them both for me, and I didn't have to do shit. And I was just like, yo. Carla's OP. Trash can Carla, She's awesome. I me. wish she could be a companion. Seriously. Man, but it's Kojima's last game. It's true. Metal Gear. <laughs> it's true. Oh, he's he's never going to make another Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> uh, man. Metal Gear Solid is so good, though. Metal Gear Solid 5 it's, is like... It's Kojima's magnum opus. It's There will never be another one. And if there is another one, it won't be a Kojima game. You know, there will never be as good. And it probably won't be as good because Kojima Productions isn't there. Kojima himself isn't there. I'm happy it went out on, on the high note that it went out on. I wish there was more, like, even though it's like 200 hour long game. You know, I wish there was like a chapter three. I, I mean, in that regard, like, given the, know, the incredible success of fallout 3 and like the the amount of hype and the the fanfare of fallout 4 is getting like fallout's future and bethesda's future and it's secured like it may not it may take a while but like give it like another five years you know fallout 5 is gonna happen not another metal gear you know what i feel like this is kind of a cop-out but I'm all yeah, for giving it for Metal for, Gear. For, for, for Kojima? You can't just give it up. No, but no. Now, like, also, I'm putting into perspective on, like, like how long the game is. It, it will take you probably more than 200 hours to 100% that game. Whereas it can take not that long to 100% Fallout. And that amount of gameplay, I mean... Mm, Fuck. Uh, Thunderdome's a cruel mistress. Shit. Well, I made you second guess, so that, that there's something right well, there. Well, no, I second guessed, and then I and then I second guessed my second guess. Shit, man. Well, I mean, it's got to be one, right? It's got to be one or the other. You can't. That can be only one. Can't be here for six hours, like fucking arguing. Um, All right. Well, I th- I think I have know, a game breaker. I... I mean, has anyone actually beaten the story for Fallout Four? Because I have. I've been stuck in like side quests, and you're close. I'm, Same. I'm close. Really? Uh, like, how close yeah, to the close. institute stuff? Yeah. I feel like it's pretty close. There's like I'm looking at the trophies, and there's only like a handful of trophies left before you get like one ending or the other presumably trophy in terms of narrative aspects like assuming it's institute it's like really close to the game like which objectively like which story is like more fulfilling in terms of main yeah. storyline like mainline quest i feel like it's it like on the one hand you have the vault dweller looking for her son and like trying to avenge the murder of her husband and so you're very like hell bent mm-hmm. on revenge. At least my character is. And then you have Snake, who has 
the same thing. You know, wake up from a coma, lo- lost all his men, wants revenge. And they both take various years mm-hmm. after the events happen. Yeah, and they both have certain pacing issues. And I feel like I... When you, if you just mainline the Fallout 4 storyline, just the main quest, I feel like mm-hmm. you will finish very quickly. Because it doesn't, it doesn't seem like that much. Like, if you really focus on just the main stuff. See, the problem is, if you focus on just the main stuff, you'll start being way under level to do shit. That's true, but if you just, if you kind of just go straight for <sighs> it. Whereas, whereas the main story of Metal Gear, at least Chapter 1, does, like... But then again, that's it's also, like, you don't, you only have, like, X amount of story beats in metal gear solid five despite how big it is and fallout i think has more story density especially if you can but in the, in the corner of metal up. gear i mean it this is like the, the final chapter where we see like big bosses turn into like the, the big boss that we see in like the original metal gear the metal gear solid games it definitely bridges the gap between um Big Boss's era and Solid Snake's era, so it's it's that missing puzzle piece, and so it it fills it up. And then um, I don't know. In terms of story, it's like I I I kind of can't separate my bias for for Metal Gear Solid. It, it is my favorite franchise, but Fallout Fallout's no slouch either. You know, like mm-hmm. it's I don't know. I'm you know what. I'm I'm okay with letting the legend rest. <laughs> like the- I'm I. It's my favorite series and it's my personal game of the year. But I um, it's like an uphill battle trying to convince you guys <laughs> that Fallout Four doesn't deserve the top spot. Like it's it's clear. I mean, clearly, you know, it's it's and it's fine. But it, like, it has more Metal Gear Solid has more personal relevance for me like in my what i like and like fallout's a very recent thing for me where it's like i only i only enjoy fallout 3 and then i kind of i kind of like new vegas and i wasn't like super into new vegas and then 4 i'm like really enjoying but i i realize that there are these problems with it that problems that should get fixed and then metal gear solid 5 for me feels like the closest to a to perfect that konami would allow basically if you know like if if, if kojima had a limited time and unlimited money like i feel like he would oh that that's else. no like, question and i feel like if that was the case there would be no contest here yeah but i feel like time, the time constraints the the fuckery behind the scenes with konami the the which is why they're on our hot mess yeah the, the way the Metal Gear Solid story feels very disjointed after Chapter One, and the the even the way the silly, the silly like parasite stuff, and I just have I have a lot of love for like the characters in Metal Gear Solid, like more so than in Fallout because these are characters that I've been following for. It's a twenty year franchise, is it? It's like you forever. you basically grew yeah. up with Metal Gear, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've been hearing about fucking big bosses like Outer Heaven shit for since I was a kid, you know, like the things that Solid Snake would say or like one of, you know, Ocelot would say or whatever. And then like finally, like now it's like you're seeing this stuff happen like in the game and it's like crazy. Even though the story isn't the strongest it could be, I think the real strength in Metal Gear Solid Five is seeing the characters go from from where they are at the end of Ground Zeroes to being the people that they are in the the rest of the Metal Gear games, you know, like these villain 
these villains basically and it's like seeing them make that turn is like really fascinating for me so much so that i, I didn't care about the plot so much in the game itself more as me seeing it as the connective tissue to the rest of the series so you saw it as the bigger picture rather than I, the... yeah i was looking at it as like this is this is the piece that's missing and this is this is what i this is what i've been wanting to see for so long instead of me being like interested in just the storyline <clears throat> itself so I, I don't know where i'm going with that i'm just giving like a eulogy to melgus <laughs> and like and like kojima's involvement and everything well he deserves it he deserves all the praise and you know yeah, screw you konami <laughs> this like this like wore the fuck out of me i don't know about you guys but um, I am. I can wave the white flag, and then we can call it. I mean, and uh, number two, number two is not. It's. I mean, if anything, like the. I mean, the top ten. They're they're like the the cream of the crop. Um, cream of the crop. I mean, the fact that we had to argue for almost a an, half hour. an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's for just number one. Yeah, it's crazy. And we already knew what one and two. I, I have a feeling like all. I of think us we. That's knew. why. That's why we didn't discuss it the entire the entire podcast. Yeah, we haven't even even while constructing this list, like we did not talk about anything. Well, I mean, like at the the moment I started playing Metal Gear Solid Five, I'm like, this is my game of the year. Like the only thing that could topple it is Fallout Four. And Fallout Four is everything that I want it to be. And, it, and honestly, it is. It's it's exactly what I expected it to be. But in some cases, that's not. Metal I, Gear, I wasn't expecting Metal Gear Solid 5 to be let's, the way it is. Let's just know? put it like this. Uh, Fallout has warped my brain so much that Stan has a bottle of Coca-Cola here and all I see is like a Nuka-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a... <laughs> oh, snap. The bottle cap just reminds me of fucking finding bottle caps in, in Fallout and... Man, I want to play Fallout. <laughs> Stan, well, I mean, do you like, have any experience like that? Like you see, like you see, oh, like yeah. your so statue, time, and then you, you. Every time you see a fucking container crate in the middle of the street, I want to attach a balloon to it and send it to the sky. <laughs> you know, I I see like flowers, and I want to pick them because they they might allow me to make a fam cigar or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. but same the whoa hey fall four is like the same way. But the the I don't know. The thing is for me, it's like. I put in so many hours into Fallout 3 and I played Fallout 3 so insane that I, I'm already, I've already done that whole song and dance where I, I was like bottle caps and like bottles of Coke and like all this stuff that, that it just, it's very familiar, which is fine. And, and that's really good. But Metal Gear Solid 5 is so radically different from Metal Gear Solid 4 and 3. And it just, it's a huge departure in the way the game plays. And, and it just, it's, the most fun that I played in, in the Metal Gear Solid game. It's probably my favorite Metal Gear Solid game. Storyline-wise, it's not my favorite. That's probably Metal Gear Solid 1. I think I mentioned that before, but in terms of the actual way the game plays, it's. I don't think you can beat... If you can marry the density and story variety of a, of a Fallout with the gameplay loop of a Metal Gear Solid 5... We'd have a perfect game... That'd be that. Bethesda, if you're listening, you should hire Hideo Kojima. And it, and it, and, it, and, uh, and that dude up. Him and fucking Kojima Productions, like shit. You know, might as well just bring in Norman Reedus and Del Toro and Juji Ito. 
and just make the superstar dream team. Bethesda, just, just pick up PT. I know, right? Yeah. Link that into a game and then hire like Kojima and Del Toro and Ito and Redis and like you can do it. Oh, you can totally do it. You can totally do it. Well, this was exhausting. I would, this was the this was the craziest episode we did all year. Yeah. Um. So I think we just recorded like five hours of of, of content. <laughs> We've been we're almost in the booth for fucking six hours. Yeah. All right. It's so important. it's crazy. So uh, people, people gotta sleep. Chris is gonna like be a zombie tomorrow. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Like, for those who don't know, I, I got a job interview at nine o'clock. So. Woo. Let's wrap this up. Uh, All right. So number two, part of this crazy like, final whirlwind. final roll call. Like final two, uh, um, number two is Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain, and number one game of the, the year is Fallout. Chris, 4. you wanna you wanna read the top ten? Yeah, I'll read the top ten. Do the honors. All right. So number ten, Star Wars Battlefront. Number nine, Batman: Arkham Knight. Number eight. Super Mario Maker. Number seven, Chroma Squad. Number six, Until Dawn. Number five, Tales from the Borderlands. Number four, Undertale. Number three, Rocket League. Number two, with a heavy heart and our hearts <laughs> to stand to Kojima. Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain, and the game of the year, number one, the winner of Thunderdome, Fallout Four. And just to just to catch you guys up, if you've been listening both days, best moment, opening sequence in Metal Gear Solid Five, best anime, One Punch Man, movie of the year, Mad Max Fury Road, TV of the year, Daredevil, comic of the year, We Are Robin. Best old game, Resident Evil HD Remake Remaster. And best new character, Furiosa. And that was the motherfucking <laughs> Super Nerd Awards, my friends. I, my I'd say this was a great success. You know, we got we got This was some a really great deep cap of the and... year. <laughs> this was a great um, year in review. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank everyone who participated for the entire year in our shenanigans. And our uh, wild like fantasies. I want to thank and you, Stan, and you, Andy, for like having the, the fortitude and endurance. And you know, we're six hours into this podcast, and it was tough. Chris, I want to thank you Same for, for you, uh, Chris. I want to thank you for joining us back in like June. Yeah, dude, it's our, been our, so crazy. I mean, wild ride. It's so crazy. I mean, I, I'm sure we're gonna talk about this more with our New Year's Eve episode, but it's just been so surreal. Like, you know, thank you guys for bringing me on and. And I, I'm really glad and happy that, you know, we could, I, I could add like additional dimension to the rest of this year and how, and like how much we've, we've grown, like, in the, like, oh, you know, yeah. start with you guys laying the foundation and, and now look at us, you know, we're closing out a year with episode 44 or not, no, yeah. no, we had two more episodes or this one and then Star Wars. Yeah, well, well, no. I'm... Next, next week is gonna be our Star Wars roundtable. We're gonna that's gonna be our finale for the year, um, and then we're gonna do something of like a, a little bit of a clip show for the new year, where we're just gonna we're just gonna replay our favorite clips and maybe add some new commentary in between for you guys. But man, I am 
exhausted. I don't know about you guys, but I need some sleep. I need food first. I need food and then I need food sleep. sleep. This is this yeah. is wild. This was crazy. None um, of us have eaten dinner. Yeah. We're kind of we running on fumes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for like my voice is going because I look <laughs> so intense with this like argument. Um <clears throat> thank you guys for listening. Um you can find me on Twitter at Stan Doom. I'm Stan Gadurski. This guy right here is Andy Karaskul. You can find him on Twitter. Sweet Justice One. That's O N E. Chris Sampson. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's K Y O Ninja for Hire. This is Super Nerd Pals. You can catch us on Twitter at Super Nerd Pals. On Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash Super Nerd Pals. Guys, please rate us on Twitter. On Twitter. Jesus, I'm tired. Uh, please, please give us five star ratings on iTunes. Um, review us. Let people know about us. Let the let the legend come to life. Um, if you give us five star reviews, it makes it easier for other people to find us. Write a review if you feel so inclined. It'll help us improve. Um, and if there's something you want us to touch on, yeah, we appreciate feedback, criticism, constructive criticism, please. And and this is our game of the year episode. So if you agreed or disagree with our selections you know let us know about it give us your suggestions absolutely let us have it tell these guys how wrong they are for picking full out over metal gear um and that's it that's a wrap that's a year we'll see you for the star wars round table bye go let the legend come to life <laughs> And then you're like on the horse. I don't know why, but that kind of sounded like Macho Man. So I just imagine. No, it's macho- an ocelot voice. It's different. It's I just imagine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> imagine if Macho Man was one of the people in fucking Metal Gear giving you tips on the radio. Snake. Yeah, Snake. I see you crawling there. You might want to tap on the wall. Yeah. No, imagine Macho Man, but in the role of Ocelot. Snake? No! Snake! 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 No! Yeah! <laughs>